This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 52, Favorite Comic Book Video Games. Welcome to the show. This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 52. We're talking about our favorite uh, comic book-inspired video games. Uh, I am Adam Chapman, your host, and I'm here with my uh, regular co-host, Nathan Strzok. So you've been upgraded. Because after last time, even we after we discussed once again that you were no longer a special guest, now you're a, you're a regular co-host. It's kind, of, it's kind of my thing, yeah. Because you're on at least four times a month. This so. is all I do, actually. This is I all you do? I just prepare in between showings. You're just really excited? You prepare your voice? I'm kind of like a minister in that way. I get paid money. No, I don't get paid any money. I don't, I don't pay you But I perform thing. four times a month, <laughs> just yes. like a minister would. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so today we're talking about, uh, it's our... I guess a look at video games and specifically those that have been inspired by or based on uh, comic books or uh, inspired by comic books. Uh, some of the ones on our list are more inspired than others as opposed to being actual, more literal, literal translations. Um, anything you want to kind of address or assess before we actually jump into our list tonight? No, I mean, I, I think we also mentioned this to each other before we started that um, we've tried to stay to uh, one franchise each. Uh, which would prevent us from listing uh, Batman and then Batman Returns of the Joker and then Batman Returns for the NES, so mm-hmm. there's three NES games, and then moving on to Batman Returns for the Super Nintendo and The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Oh, I love Batman. Because Batman. you love... Because well, those are all great games, um, and you love Batman, and I think we tried to steer towards one franchise each, which is odd because there are so few excellent representations of comic book characters in video games in my opinion there's a few instances i think were on my list where i considered breaking it really it became like which one is really the best of the of, of them or yeah some of the later later genres where it feels like because in the original games each game was its own game whereas nowadays they, they kind of they feed into each other especially with like batman arkham asylum well now like you can't have city without asylum yeah well like with rock city you have the same um development studio working in both games uh and that seems to be more the case these days where they, they take the franchise and they'll just continually work, like Activision working on the Ultimate Alliance or X-Men Legends series. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the natural progression and most of the same Even with their Spider-Man games, I mean, Shadow Dimensions and Edge of Time, basically, like, they, they refined elements of the engine they helped use. I don't actually know a they lot re- of the games. They but... reappropriated the same uh, assets for the second one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they changed it and they, they got rid of some of the assets, but yeah, it was so, like... I wouldn't really want to, not that both of those would ever make it on my list, but uh, at least combined, but I mean, yeah, I wouldn't feel right putting them both on there because they're... It's also boring. Yeah. And I, I tend to do this with even my, I, I'm continually massaging and, and working on my own top 10, top 20 games of all time, which is a completely uh, useless endeavor because it doesn't matter, but also... Um, I it's find, fun, though. I find my, my favorites change quite often, and ranking them is also quite useless. Yeah. Uh, because but my I... top five, I like almost equally. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's something in that about the certain level of nerdum is all about... You know, oh, we love to file and categorize. Yeah, because like, we're all about... like. There's a reason why I like doing like top five this, top five that. like, Or like, you know, there's something about grading in that kind of goes with the nerddom. I don't know why, but like, even like when I was a kid picking up Wizard, there'd be like, you know, top five creators, you know, top five artists of the month, top five writers. Like, there was always a... Uh, a, a competition aspect. Of, people love top five. They love that stuff. If I'm, it doesn't matter what the topic is. If I'm clicking on YouTube and there's a top ten, Ember's like, let me come over and see that. Yeah. And then it's always like really subjective things, like top ten hottest girls in video games. And you're like, okay, who can say? Yeah. 
And then Lara Croft, of course, is on the list, which yeah. I disagree with. The, the first time I ever listened to Comic Geek Speak, uh, which is another podcast that I really enjoy, which is also on the Podbean Network, um, it, I was really I really liked their their top fives. It was like their top five like teams and this and that. And whenever they do one, I really like what they kind of come up with. There's something about top fives that it seems more interesting because it is like usually people's favorite. So it's the creme de la creme that people have more passion for their top five because right. more than anything else. And 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 like I was mentioning before, with my uh, the reason why I brought up that my top ten, top twenty video games is because in order to keep variety, um, I don't know throughout the list, I have restricted myself to one game in a franchise as well. So I don't have Zelda one, Zelda two, and Zelda three all kind of um, taking over my list. I have um, I actually ended up with two Zeldas on the list, but they're very different from each other. Um, I have a two uh, D Mario game on that list. I also have a three one one three D Mario game. So my, okay. I pick my favorite two D and my favorite three D. Kind of was this, was it Galaxy Two? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Galaxy Two is one of them. Yeah, that's my favorite three D. Okay, and you know my favorite two D. Do I? Super Mario Brothers Three. Okay, yeah. greatest game ever made. Ever made? It's perfect. And I guess there's nothing wrong with it, is there? That's nothing wrong with it because there's a reason why they they try to recapture that magic. And Movie Bob would agree with me, who is the uh, author of the Game Over Thinker, which is a great series. If you're interested in video games and uh, you want to see someone come to the the, the field with, uh, I don't know, a very educated voice. And a lot of comic book uh, aficionados are intelligent people, and we do like to uh, mull over and, and, and consider different angles and look at like the continuity and how they inter, you know, inter, intermingle with each other and how uh, these comics are, are edified or inspired by recent events in like world history. Like, why did the Dark Knight Returns come out in the 80s? Why was that an important story for the 80s? Mm. And things like Kingdom Come and what was that a reference to and, and things you know, of that nature. Um, so because we like to intellectualize everything and, as you mentioned, categorize, I think that uh, that's a good recommendation for anyone who wants to um, look up the videos where he just talks about the video game industry or analyzes video games as a medium or as an art form. Um, for more than more than just the gameplay or what they appear to be, but the context and contextualizes it in American history and mm. and, and, and so forth. So um, I would recommend the Game Overthinker, Damon, listening to this, and uh, he also agrees with me that Mario Brothers Three is the greatest game ever made. It is one of the best soundtracks. It's a great soundtrack because every world is so distinct. Like he, if yes, I close and my that eyes, was the first time they uh, technically the second time they did it because Mario Brothers Two, which is uh, Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, they also did a desert level and an ice level, but Mario Three Not created the, the world way. with the, the full maps. world. Like everything yeah. was different. Yeah, they uh, really introduced you to the Mushroom Kingdom as this place that had different sub kingdoms in it and their own little yeah. castles and and that music. For me, like a huge part of the the gameplay experience is is the music, um, and the suits are great too. The suits are great, but like a mu- like yeah, the, the everything about it is yeah. I agree. It's probably. I don't know if it is perfect, but it's one of the most perfect representations of a video game I can think of. Mega Man 2, also perfect. Yeah, I can see that. Not it's... really. There's one mistake in that game. Which one? Uh, Dr. Wily's uh, castle, I believe, was the fourth boss in. There's a level where you have to fight these gun turrets that are hidden behind um, shields. And if you do it wrong, which everyone will on their first time through... Um, you will have to restart the level and probably multiple times because the only way to defeat that boss is with the crash bombs and you have a limited number of crash bombs so it's it's really obtuse it's not designed very well and if you can't do something on your first time through even on a fluke I feel like there has not either been enough setup to establish like precedent mm. um, there hasn't been enough training as it were to prepare you for the task 
um, or it's just it was rush or sloppy design because it's unfair. If if you ever come into a room and you get killed, it's an unfair mm. um, tra- uh, trap or yeah. or an obstacle to me in my mind. Uh, video games are very interesting because they, uh, unlike reading or unlike comic books, uh, a well designed game. Um, will prepare you for tasks by using smaller subtasks. Mm. Um, and this is something that's actually, uh, pedagogically speaking, which is, is a teacher term, um, for education, what you want to do is with any student is uh, prepare them for the test. And how I prepare you for a test is I give you several smaller tasks all throughout the unit mm. to teach you about different things. And then when it's time for your final project or for your final test, you've already practiced all of these little things that you're going to have to do in that test mm. throughout the unit. So mm. um, I have my knowledge component. I have my ap- application component. I have my mm. communication. Like, a, you know, we've corrected spelling throughout the unit. Uh, we've worked on sentence structure throughout the unit. You guys have written your own little kind of messages to your parents in this unit. Mm. So now for the test, you're going to have to write me a letter about your favorite animal. And and now the student can go, oh, I'm going to use all the skills I've had to for yeah. this final exam. Uh, a good a good video game does just that. Um Mario, for example, the first Mario game, uh, you can't get through the first level without jumping. You actually can't get through the first screen because there's a Goomba. Yeah. So the first time you play that game, you're going to run into the Goomba. And so uh, when they designed it, they positioned it so that the Goomba is underneath a string of blocks. Mm. And so the first time a player realizes, okay, I've died the first time, now I'm going to jump. Uh, when the first time they jump to get on that Goomba, they're probably going to hit their head in the blocks. Yeah. And they're going to realize, oh, I can hit the blocks. And they might die again, and they go, okay, I'm going to try to jump over the Goomba and hit those blocks again, and all of a sudden a mushroom comes out. And now they can, I want to get that mushroom, but the mushroom's running away from you, so it's more enticing. So now you have to try to get that mushroom, and then you realize through just playing in that world what you what you have to do. After you've practiced all these different techniques, you finally get to Bowser's first castle, or the first imposter for King Koopa, and you'll have to employ all of your skills of running and jumping to get over to that axe. So they prepare you well in advance for any of these tasks you have to do. You don't even see a pit in the first level of Mario 1-1 until you've jumped over at least three giant pipes and dealt with three Goombas. Because that's right. I, you know, I never thought of it that way, but that's actually extremely... That's right, yeah. There's a reason they don't just start you with a pit. And I feel like the one problem with Mega Man 2 is that one boss. It's kind of like starting you with a pit. You have no idea what you're getting into and you're not prepared for it. And then you die, and then it's like start the level again, almost pretty much. Right. Anyway, um, that's enough. Yeah, I guess theory. That was cool. I didn't know that. I hadn't. I never thought of uh, Mario. That oh, way, there's but... so much that you can like people analyze. Um, that's actually pretty. Brilliant. Another great video. Um, I would recommend if you're interested in video game theory is by Ego Raptor. He's a, on my personality. Okay. Uh, he was actually on the PlayStation. What is that show where you try to become a PlayStation employee? It's some sort of reality show. I don't even know. On the PSN. Oh, I don't. Even you know what I'm talking about? I kind of vaguely. I don't know. Sense. Whatever. He was on that show. Uh, so, Eager Raptor recommend you, uh, him to you. Uh, he has a great series called Sequelitis, and his Sequelitis episode on Mega Man uh, and also Castlevania, but mostly Mega Man. He really lays out for for you exactly how game developers purposefully prepare players for tasks and how mm-hmm. they create um, uh, excitement or. Um, um, I don't know how, how they kind of move you along and goad you along and, and make you excited to see new things or to yeah. level up or, or gain greater strength or progress through the game uh, dangling that carrot ahead of you so that it's not just a trudging kind of laborious enterprise mm-hmm. sometimes I feel with modern games I don't understand that philosophy of um, it shouldn't just be about trying to get to the end of the game that is not enough especially for a 15 hour game 
Yeah. You need to have exciting things that I can get to as like waypoints throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Leveling up is a great way to do that in RPGs, but there are other ways of doing it, like just gaining new abilities. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even in a, a game that I will talk about on my list, Amazing uh, Spider-Man: Shadow Dimensions, there's enough variety in the four characters and enough uh, abilities to unlock that you feel like even though. Um, you're nowhere near to, close to finishing the game, at least I can increase in this ability. And I yeah. can't wait to see what the next ability is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll touch more on that when I get to the game. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with your list then. Uh, I guess it's a fair way. Where do you want to start? Um, okay, so we are playing a little loose with these rules. A little loose, yeah. If it's so, from a comic property. Yes. So there are some examples on my list of games that are more movie-inspired. Um, but they're from a comic That's property. Okay. And then we, we've really stretched it, and I've actually uh, thrown two more games on here as oh, a really? result of that conversation. Okay. Um, do you want me to just do my list, or you want to go through um, one by one? I want to go through one by one. Okay. We have about ten each. That I mean, I feel like there's going to be crossover. Okay. So number one, it, just for awesomeness in in so um, first to start, or like the number one oh, thing. Oh, we'll list. count down. Let's, let's do backwards, I guess. Backwards. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you start with number one? Backwards, I'm going to start with Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Okay. Uh, Why is it on your list? Okay, well, this is a game that was essentially built by the same production company or development group that has made... um, Which one is it? It's it's, it's a uh, prototype. Okay. Prototype came from these guys, and what they wanted to do was make this open-world prototype, the same studio that's now closed down, a Vancouver studio. I can't quite remember the name right now off the top of my head. Um where it was an open world thing and a great physics engine where you could kind of do whatever you wanted and yeah. that's how they sold um, Prototype and Hulk was much the same way it was about giving you options like being able to rip open cars and then use them as, as gloves to punch people and mm-hmm. climbing buildings and, and you can even destroy buildings in that game yeah. which um, the precedent set by Spider-Man 2 which is I think notable we should at least mention it I don't know if it's on your list but... it's not on my list okay um, it's important to notice mention because it was a GTA style Free moving superhero game. You can go from ground to the to the sky. Yeah, that was the big thing. Because I remember getting Spider Man One. You couldn't have that. No, if you if you went too low, you died. And none of the superhero games were anything like that. They yeah. all limited you. All the Activision games were all about being in the sky, not about being on the ground. Yeah, Spider Man Two revolutionized that. Mm-hmm. Now looking back on it, it hasn't aged well. A lot of the side missions are pointless. You do a lot yes. of stuff that doesn't matter. There's a lot of grinding. There's a lot of yeah. Just, I can't recommend it. I can't recommend it either because it. It was so revolutionary, but there's been better things that have been done after that revolution happened. It's just one of the things at the time that if you had never been able to experience the free-swinging um, freedom that that game afforded you, you were blown away. And I you still felt remember, like Spider-Man more than yeah. any other game before that. They had made strides with the Activision games that came before. There was the two, uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro for PS1. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, the Spider-Man movie game for PS2. But there, that was as close as we got. And there was no nuance in the swinging. It was like point and click. Like, here are areas you can swing, here are yeah. areas you can't. And sometimes you'd swing from the sky. Spider-Man 2, was, it, there was nuance in it. You had to be able to point at and target lips or edges of buildings. Yeah. And if you did it wrong, you just hit the edge of the building and you'd stop your momentum. So there became an art to kind of angling yourself, positioning yourself to swing around and, and slingshot off of buildings and then anchor your, you know, get your anchor and then release at the right time so you get enough momentum to fling yourself forward yeah. and then prepare for the next shot. And you were, you were planning ahead. You, were, you could almost see yourself, the path you were going to take throughout the city. And it was zigging and it was zagging. It was going up over buildings. And it was yeah. throwing you down towards other ends of buildings. Like it was just It's interesting that an art it's, form it's so revolutionary it doesn't hold up at all. Whereas some of the other games on our list will probably be 
you know, not as revolutionary, but they held up better. Well, I think that, I mean, I, and I, as I recall, I believe Spider-Man 2 was built off of the same engine that Tony Hawk was built on. That would make sense. Um, by Trey Eric. And so, was it? Yeah. And so Tony Hawk at the time was also something that people consider as revolutionary. Um, and it, it, it entertained a lot of people, but I would never recommend to go back and play an original Tony Hawk game now. I would go back and play Tony Hawk 4 from PS2, but not... Not the original Tony Hawk. I don't even think the gameplay itself ever interested me. I don't even. I, maybe I'm not I a good example. I love Tony Hawk Four. I had. I think I had one, and I rented two ones for PS One. And then when I played fourth one. Something better just clicked. Well, um, I, I'm the same way about a lot of uh, games from the N64 PS One generation. Uh, I don't think they hold up at all. No. Um, Mario 64, which is genius in what it accomplished and how it set precedents and gave everybody blueprints on how to make the 3D platformer. Mm. Great. I respect it for its legacy. I don't want to play it. It looks ugly. Also had Mario's voice. Yeah, it had Mario's First voice. First time, right? Uh, Charles Martinet, yeah, I believe so. So then back to Ultimate Destruction. Sure. So what makes it one of your favorite? So yeah, as I mentioned, I, I likened it to Spider-Man 2 because it followed Spider-Man 2 and it gave you that freedom, right? Spider-Man 2 was supposed, it sold itself on, you can be like Spider-Man. This one made you, uh, you know, you could be the Hulk, and you could smash things, and it really felt like you had a force. And when you hit things, they would be flung across the battlefield. Yeah. Um, you could do so many different combos, but it was really about the the freedom, the empowerment of feeling like you can do anything and nothing can stop you. Mm. And that, I don't think, has really been replicated the same way since, sadly. I disagree. Um, because that is the... Yeah, why? What do I disagree? What game has, has been able to replicate or, Incredible or Hulk improve? To, Incredible Hulk from 2008. It was for PS3, it felt it did everything. They just took all their cues from that game, though. That's did, not, there's nothing new about it. Nothing new, but it was so much better. It, they they refined <laughs> what what they had started in Ultimate Destruction. Like they took what Ultimate didn't that game get terrible reviews? I don't think it got terrible reviews. I don't think Maybe anybody ever talked about it. I I think it it came out with a movie that wasn't okay. Well, if, if nothing else, I'm I'm saying that it. It has not, they've not improved on or changed anything. I, I, I watched you play that game, and it looked kind of like it was doing the exact same thing. It'd be nice if they either did something new with another character. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have a Superman game where you could be Superman? Wouldn't that be amazing? I never, you could feel like him? I never played it, but apparently like parts of Superman Returns were like that in terms of the flight and being able to like go so high. And so I, understand, right I understand that's a pretty poor game, though, too. I heard that, too. I've never played it. I've just heard some elements of it. Weren't so bad. So um, the reason why it's uh, this low on my list, though, uh, for Hulk Ultimate Destruction is just because I... I mean, Paul Jenkins wrote the story. And I do respect Paul Jenkins, but he is very uneven as a writer. And mm. I felt that the plot was completely forgettable. It was also very mission-based, much like Spider-Man 2. And I lose a lot of interest in that kind of thing. It was no real guiding story or any really interesting missions for me to accomplish. So that's where it is. Um, just as a counterpoint, so Incredible Hulk is on my list. It's number eight. Okay. Uh, I just enjoyed it more than Ultimate Destruction. I remember mm-hmm. liking Ultimate Destruction, but there were certain things that didn't work for me. Part of it was it was almost too open worldish. Wanted a little bit more direction, but not too much direction. Uh, Can you smash down buildings in that game? In oh yeah. So they basically copied it. I wonder if they used the same studio. I'd have to check to be honest. And plus, it just obviously it was a step above because it was on PS3. <laughs> it looked it looked better. It played a little bit better. Right, but do you feel it brought anything new to the table? Uh. I think it did, but to be honest, I'd be hard pressed. So to not notable, it like it didn't really improve the mission structure or any of those things. I think the mission structure was improved. I think it was more fun because you were in you were in the city, so you weren't just in like you're in the city, though. 
Uh, not as much. All the destruction? Not, 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 not like New York. That's though. all I remember doing: running around, smashing buildings in the city, you were in New York and cop city, cars though. attacking me. You were in like smaller towns and stuff. There was a small town area, but there was skyscrapers. There were skyscrapers. Oh yeah, there's a whole city. What I liked about this was like Incredible Hulk was definitely that like you felt like you were anywhere in New York you could get to. It was just a lot of fun to traverse. That's too bad because New York is not a place for Hulk. You know, it'd be nice if they made a, with careful level design a cool kind of like. Uh, Texas or, or, or uh, New Mexico area for him it to play It is more in. where he belongs, but in for terms of gameplay, I don't think it's as interesting. I well, that's what I mean. It has to be at level design. Like, Far Cry 3 is an island, a jungle, like, kind of t- a tropical island, and you're yeah. like, that's not really interesting. I don't care. You're just going to walk around and see some baboons, but they've designed it so that apparently it's extremely enjoyable to, to play. So I guess okay. it has to come to the to the designers, right? Yeah. I, well, I think Hulk is a tough character to center in something where he can't smash something. No, you, no, you smash, smash your way. But um, maybe a Hulk game doesn't have to be about trying to smash as many things as you as you can. Maybe, because but they tried that's that not what the Hulk right? character they, is. They tried that with the Hulk. Uh, well, the first Hulk movie game from two thousand and three, which and I played the, a lot of, and yeah. it wasn't very good at all because I didn't want to play as Banner. And you got these stupid Banner missions where he can't be seen. I, I don't mind He's the really idea. Weak and pathetic. I don't mind the idea of, of breaking up the gameplay with some stealth because yeah. just endlessly smashing has only a limited appeal as well. This and I don't feel that that is comic accurate at I thought, all. I thought the story in Incredible Hulk... I'll have to figure out who wrote it. I actually don't remember. I, th- I felt it was also superior to Ultimate Destruction. I, I get what you're saying. It, it maybe didn't add enough new, but I thought it was just such a huge improvement on the original. So I, I much prefer to play it again. I think with Hulk, you need to have him... Some sort of almost morality system. Like, give him all the power to do anything. But put obstacles in his way where he could kind of get through this obstacle just by smashing it and destroying it. That's the easy way, mm-hmm. but that's the temptation that you shouldn't. That Hulk is down in his heart a good a good guy. Yeah. And so uh, you might have certain sequences where you have to hold or restrain yourself from taking the easy way out. Mm-hmm. But then when you have like the leader come up against you and throw this crap at you, yeah. smash away, bl- obliterate everything kind of thing. Yeah. That'd be a very difficult balance. And I think that's the balance that people are trying to maneuver with Superman. They don't know how to give him all of his powers and yet get the player to be limited in what they can do because technically you could just punch through or laser beam through everything and they go, well, then there's no then there's no problems. Yeah. If there was a certain morality system uh, in place, uh, that might be a way of mitigating it. I'm, I'm not sure what to do with either of those characters. But mm. I do know that at least for the time I spent with Ultimate Destruction, it was fun. But it's it, again, it's a slow down my list because I don't think it's really important to go back to. Um, it doesn't have a, a, a lengthy campaign mm. that is enjoyable. I did like that. I had, I mean, this is probably a detriment, but I like Ed Norton was in it as Bruce Banner. So oh, no, it, it was a movie game. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, it's inspired obviously on the character. Uh, I, I was just looking. I forgot that you, you could unlock Professor Hulk, and yeah. I loved using him in Green Scar. So, what's your number ten? Uh, my number ten. That's a good question. Uh, Spider Man: Edge of Time. I actually did break my rule. I have both Spider-Man games in here. Okay. And there's a... I think, at the end of the day, I actually don't... I, I went back and forth on which one I like more. In a lot of ways, I think I do like Edge of Time more than the other one, but I still put it lower than Shadow Dimensions. Shadow Dimensions did more in terms of trying to push the boundaries of what it, what it could do by basically having four different types of games uh, in one. It didn't necessarily... Whereas Edge of Time feels like they took two of those and they refined them and they made them much more enjoyable. Like, they... They were they were much more uh, solidified in terms of what they wanted to do with those characters. It's just too bad that the two characters they chose to stick with were the least, not well, the least favorite, but 
Spider-Man Noir was my favorite sections of uh, Shadow Dimensions, so it's I too bad he's not in that. I didn't care much for that, so like I I appreciated that they were trying new mechanics. So this is why I ended up choosing Shadow Dimensions later on in my list is that it tried more to yeah to, to get away from like we to bring historical context. Like you had Spider-Man Two, and then on the PS3 you had Spider-Man Three, which was not a very good, well and well received. Uh, uh, movie game. It's another game that just kind of copied on what Spider-Man 2 did. Yeah, and then you had Web of Shadows, which did try something a little bit different, but didn't really uh, manage to really get a hold on like people. But look at the mimics of that game. Eh? You've got the Ultimate Spider-Man game, which mimicked a lot of the same kind of gameplay yes, Spider-Man 2, yeah. and then you've got the Spider-Man 3 game, and even Web of Shadows gave you Venom, but it was also kind of just doing the same kind of thing. A little bit. I mean, the mechanics are a little bit different, but yeah, and like the, the, there was definitely felt like a different game than what Spider-Man 3 had been, which is really just Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. uh, but upgraded into a PS3. Um, and as I understand it, even the Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man movie game, is just kind of more the same. Yes, they've got a, a more refined mission structure, they, but it is about, like, I can swing around the city. Basically, yeah. I can collect things. Oh, <laughs> collecting those stupid comic books? I know. I, I, I collected You know more than I do. I collected all 700 of them. I so. don't like Spider-Man to be a collectathon. That is ridiculous. I don't like Banjo-Kazooie for that reason. I'm not going to like it in Spider-Man. Yeah, That's I, not what Peter does. He's not in the city trying to collect things. No, I know. It'd be more interesting to give him a photojournalism kind of mechanic where try to find excellent angles, take a picture was, of that, and try to sell that There for was money. for some stuff. There was, like, there was side missions where you had to find... You had to go to a certain area and take three different pictures of specific things you had to find and... And it had to be the right angle. I, I like it. It was just like composition. Because yeah. they have some games where they grade you on the quality of your composition. It's you take pictures like Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. Um, so why not inter- integrate that just to free, free and open? The, so the whenever amazing... you see the Rhino, quick, get your camera, take a picture of him first, or yeah. set it up, and then go into battle. The Amazing Spider-Man game was enjoyable, but yeah, it was predictable. And then even though they had refinements and really cool new new ideas for how he was webbing and swinging, like... From um, the way they were like framing it and how how he actually did it functionally was really cool, but from a gameplay perspective, didn't feel that different. Um, and it was okay. I, I liked it, but it, it it still was below. So edge of time, I just I, I really en- I really enjoyed how it was written by Peter David. I enjoyed the story; it was interesting. I really liked uh, just how it played. Okay. There's the mission structures because um, I mean it's it's very much a chapter game. And you would switch between being twenty ninety nine and the regular Spidey, and the story was more engaging than I felt. Shadow Dimensions didn't really have a story; it was it had a loose framework to get you into position to fight different villains and to be able to fight them once, and then again once they're souped up with the tablet or whatever that was. It's traditionally how almost every single Spider um, Spider uh, superhero story is written. Whereas Edge of Time felt games. very different; uh, it didn't have that kind of structure. I mean, you know what I mean? Like there, there's a loose backdrop of a plot and then it just it's it's a way to get you to fight different bosses yeah or the same boss a few times but there's a reason why that boss is now harder um whereas edge of time felt like there was a little bit more to it than that uh because and part of it was that you had basically two stories and they were linked because it was a time travel story as well and i I found that much more interesting do you think that's an oversimplification of the genre do you think that people come to the table to make a superhero licensed video game um, I, I imagine there are two ways of looking at it. They first start with the powers. How are we going to make the powers of this character integrated into the gameplay or enjoyable to use? Yeah. Or they come to it and go, what's the story? What is, what is the purpose? What are we doing here? I feel like they come to the gameplay first. I feel like they say, we want to have Electro. We want to have Rhino. We want to have Shocker. And we want to have them this swing between buildings. 
and maybe he's going to have like some cool webbing attacks. I think that is what happens. And then they go, what kind of story do you want to make for this? I don't know. Doc Ock is gathering this Sinister Six. I think six. they go to someone like Peter David or they go to someone with credit. No, that's new. That's brand new. Traditionally. Oh, in the last like yeah. 30 years... They, oh, okay, 30 years, 25, but 20 years ago. In the last eight years, they It was a bunch of Japanese guys who yeah. got a license. No, I agree. No, in the last eight years, they go to and they get a story of some kind. But the but... story is always such a thinly veiled... Yeah. You know? It's not... There's no, They don't go and say, what kind of content can we pull out of Batman and go, what is one of the greatest Batman stories ever told? Let's see if we can mm-hmm. take this as a premise and kind of make our own spin on it and then really involve people. And like, he's going to have to make decisions or he's going to have to actually yeah. be detective... Let's part them, make them a detective. Rather than giving them the detective vision, let yeah. them see the world, everything easily that they want to see perfectly, and and they don't have to be a detective. Or what can we? What kind of decisions can we give Peter Parker? Can we actually, I would love a game that actually made you have to choose. Do you go to Gwen or do you go and see Aunt May? If you don't go to mm-hmm. Aunt May, you're going to break your curfew, and the next mission you will not be able to play because you're going to be stuck at home. They don't do any of those things. Wouldn't that be an interesting thing to do? And then the next time you play the game. Yeah. I'm going to go home to Aunt May. I went to see Gwen, and I, I screwed up, and I got grounded. I never saw what that mission was. So now I'm going to go home. I'm going to disappoint Gwen. That's going to have another consequence for me later in the game. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to, whatever, eat my wheat cakes. It's interesting. I don't like RPGs, but Spider-Man would work well that way. Because what, it, You should play the role of Peter Parker. He's the everyman. Yeah, but that's not what we ever get. We get we get Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. They're just these kind of like action combat simulators um, that they kind of drape a new skin over every time and go, well, this guy can jump really high, so we'll we'll lower the gravity when this guy jumps. Kind of, yeah. Anyway, so... Anyway, so at the time, I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I liked, I liked uh, the voice work in it. It was really good. I thought the animation was extremely well done. It just felt like a much more polished version of two of the elements of the story that we got in Shadow Dimensions. And I really enjoyed that polished look. Okay. But, um, yeah, I remember playing it. Unfortunately, I was on some really strong medications at the time. And Okay, so take this with a grain of salt. Uh, but no, but like... I, and I, I remember... Do you remember when Stanley walked out of the TV and petted you? <laughs> no, it did not happen. And said... But I remember, believer. <laughs> but I, I was enjoying it so much and I would dream it. And I was like dreaming that I was playing. Like, I just enjoyed that game so much. All right. And I, I had a fantastic time. I would recommend it to people because... I, I think it is a still solid game and it stands on its own. It's not a sequel to Shadow Dimensions, although functionally it feels like one. Alright, what's your uh, what's your next one? Go to mine? Yeah. <sighs> Number nine. Oh, well, I can't bring up the list. <laughs> we can't have the same time, can we? This would help if there was a list. Um, okay, so Wolverine, uh, Wolverine's Revenge X2. I played it on the PS2. cannot believe this is on your list. I picked this over the new Wolverine... X-Men Origins? X-Men Origins, which is another movie tie-in. Um, I understand that X-Men Origins, uh, Wolverine has better graphics and has better gameplay. But I don't like any of the story at all. I mean, it, it tries to follow along the movie continuity and um, I don't care at all about that movie. I think that movie was terrible. I don't need to see John John uh, Wraith and, and Maverick depicted the way they are and all I did in that game is wait uh, to, to, until I could finally unlock a cool costume like the X-Force costume and then mm. I'm like okay now I'm going to feel a little bit more like Wolverine but the game didn't feel like Wolverine No. and he's doing excessive stuff like cutting people's heads off in, in uh, rotor blades and things like that that Wolverine doesn't go out of his way even as a killer there's always still been that glimmer of that young boy that little blue eyed boy who was just scared and wanted the world to make sense and had Rose kind of as his moral compass to kind of mm-hmm. help him become something more than, than, than he, was, he was his genetics wanted him to become 
the angel, right? That little angel that's stuck inside of him. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I understand he goes feral and he goes berserk and he'll cut people up and he'll do things, but it almost seemed like that they designed him to be a little more malevolent than he needed. I needed him to be. So I he agree. Was a hero. He felt like he was doing things. Yeah, because Wolverine he will kill, but generally. He doesn't seem to take any pleasure yes. in it. Yes, he's like an animal. An animal kills and then they move on. And, and a lot of it's defensive, too. Yeah. Whereas in this, it just felt more... Not gleeful, it's like, it's like but... a bear being able to kill you with its claws, but then choosing to hold you underwater until you stop struggling. That's not what a bear would do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I chose X2, not because I think it's a better game, and not because I'm recommending it to anyone. Wasn't Mark Hamill in it? Mark Hamill was the voice of Wolverine. But because they also do that th- same thing where they got as many cameos as they could. They have a, they have a Juggernaut level, and they have an Omega yeah. Red sequence, and they have a Magneto sequence, and they have an amazing Wendigo sequence. Was Mark Hamill any good as Wolverine? I can't remember. Eh. It's okay. I was listening to a podcast with Mark Hamill, and they were like, you've done a lot of video game work, and they talked about how he was so excited to be Wolverine, mm-hmm. and how then he'd never heard of anything about it, and he asked his kids, like, that, how was it? And they were like, well, you were good. No. Like, He's got nothing on some of the other uh, Wolverines. But I guess it, it kind of burned him on the idea of, like, you never know with video games, uh, from a voice actor perspective, if it's going to be good or not. But, I mean, I like the game because it didn't steep itself at all in the movie. It's called X2. It's branded X2 to sell, but yeah. it was not an X2 game. No, it wasn't. It was movie. Um, I'm yeah, sorry, it was comic book. It was comic book. And you start off with a stupid leather costume, but quickly you can up, you can find the, the tan yeah. costume and the classic uh, gold costume. I remember that. Um, and so I, that's what I, all I played as, and there's a lot of stealth components to it. And so you're just lurking around using stealth and then sneaking up behind people and using stealth kills. Mm. You can stab them in the, in the ankle and then pull them That's in for right. a kill or you can slit their throat. And It was my first time enjoying a stealth game. I've never enjoyed a Metal Gear game mm. and I enjoyed this. It has so many flaws though. There are completely broken uh, moments like when you're trying to fight Magneto and it's just... It's oh just, yeah. You, you don't even know the rules I of combat. Know. To be honest, I don't know if I ever finished it. No, and I, I, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't because it, again, it's it's... It's so just like the physics at certain boss battles are so messed up. It's not fun unless you're devout. Hmm. But I just have this on my list, and it's low. It's number nine because I remember enjoying it, and I played through this game at least three times. Hmm. And I can't say the same for Hulk Ultimate Destruction. So so far, sadly, this is my favorite Wolverine game. I don't think they have really made one perfect yet for me. Okay. But I do admit that the X Men Origin one has is definitely improved its mechanics. I think X Men Origins for me was number eleven. Just not because I like, I, just because I liked a lot of the gameplay, even though I hated the story. Okay, the story, like, yeah, the story wasn't. But good. the enemies are like super lame. It's like you're fighting these weird well, shamans that, or something that, in Africa. That's why it wasn't a lot higher because it wasn't like you were really fighting. Like even some of the characters, they did, they weren't themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't the same picture they wanted to be fighting. No. You know, I don't want to be fighting Leaf Driver. I want to be fighting. And then, like, I actually want to. I want to be fighting the more Deadpool someone like Tyler fight made. at the end, which was like the worst part of that whole film. And then they that that's the climax of the game too. I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever. And it was hard to do because it was glitchy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so you already don't like it because of its connotation with the movie. It's an it's a very literal you know what's adaptation. Probably of it. better uh, adamantium rage for the SNES. Oh man, it's basic side scrolling. It's not even that good of a game, but no. like. Do you remember it's the Incredible Hulk one for SNES? That was not good either. No, that was not good either. No. All right, what's your... Uh, I guess that was your, what, number... We want your nine now. My number nine? Uh, TMNT, Turtles in Time. A beautiful game. Now, for me, I didn't really get to play much of it, if any of it, when it first came out on SNES. I played more of it when it was released as a port on the PlayStation Network. Which, oh. I know. Not a port. Not a port. That is sorry. a complete remake, and it's an abomination. It's a complete remake? Yes. 
Obviously, they edited it out and they took some stuff well, out. Well, the music is different, the models yeah. are different, the gameplay is different, and the levels are different. Alright, so I like a different version of the game, I guess. So you're not including the Team NT SNES game? Well, I... I you're I, the PSN... I find it hard re- to. Reshelled. Because, because, yeah, because I don't really remember the original. Oh, no, Adam. I don't have an SNES. That's why it's so low. That's why it's number nine. Okay. Okay. I, then you talk about Rochelle because I will talk about. I the... like Rochelle. Well, Rochelle was a really fun game, and I, I I knew that parts were missing, and that it was done differently. I didn't realize it was a total. Oh, like, it's a terrible game. You don't like it at all. At all. I like. Nobody it. likes it. Really? Oh, look! Look online. It is panned. That's unfortunate. Anybody who's a fan of the original of the SNES game, I guess, pans the, it. I'm not a fan of the original. I guess not on purpose, just because I didn't. I have will a, bring it over to your house. And I you're gonna play didn't it. have an SNES, so if you don't have an SNES, it makes it difficult to. Appreciate but I lived with you, and I had an SNES, and I didn't know this. And if I knew this, I would have put you in front of the TV. And yeah, we and we played this though. We played Rochelle together. Yeah, we did. Why? Did, we why also we... played um, Maximum Carnage, and uh, what's the sequel to that? The Symbiote. Oh, the Symbiote's Revenge, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Separation Anxiety. Separation Anxiety. We played that together. Co-op. That's special. And that is not a good game. No, but it's enjoyable because it's content, right? Yeah. Didn't even make it an honorable mention though. Well, Neither of those games, Maximum Carnage. For, or... for you? No. I think it made it for me. Yeah. I don't even remember. Oh, don't no spoilers. <laughs> you might be there. Anything else you want to say about Rochelle? Um I you know, I like the being able to play with four people and okay. play with all all the turtles. I mean, whereas previous to that I'd never played a turtles game that had all four that you could play all together. You play the arcade game and okay, check arca- arcade yes, but I'm not really yeah, I would put the arcade game on your list before. Above this. this? Oh sure. No, I would for you I would think it would. It kind of already did. And it is on my list. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, darn it. Kind <laughs> Sorry of. about that. It's all right. Okay. Um, slash the version that was supported for the NES, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the arcade game. Yeah. The arcade game that became. But you can actually two. include the arcade game on your list now. You know that, right? Like, yeah. Well, it, it counts. It's the same as, more or less. It's well. It also has its own levels, and it's different sprites completely, and the gameplay is different, and I, the plays well, is different, and uh, whatever. There's no awesome bebop and rocksteady battle at the same time like there is in the arcade. Uh, I don't remember a lot about the arcade, but that I definitely it's remember. Such a choice game. The arcade that game. I remember playing in the arcade a lot. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Um. So I enjoyed Rochelle, even though everyone else apparently hates it. Wow. All right. But again, you know part what? of that's because I of, tip my hat to you. Part of that's because I, I disagree, I have, but I'm tipping it. I haven't been able to enjoy what it's based on. Okay. I think you're right. If I'd been able to enjoy it, especially during its heyday, when I would have been a huge fan of the property, I just think as a beat 'em up, it's not very satisfying. The, the hit detection is very poor. It is, you don't get the feedback. Like you feel like you're hitting someone. I get to play you with just, four turtles. You just one swing. Plan, though, and... You just swing your. I'm, I'm moving my hand back and forth. Um, and the enemies kind of get hit. Are you surprised that they haven't done the Ninja Turtles uh, arcade game as an actual, like, for Xbox Live and that yeah. kind of stuff? The arcade, the first arcade game is on an Xbox Live. But not, not on PSN. PSN. No. Why? I don't know. That's unfair. Yeah. I'm not buying an Xbox to do you that. You can get an emulation of it on certain Turtles games for the PS2, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there, yeah. yeah. Alright, what's your number, what, eight? My number eight. Let's bring it up. Oh, it's up already. It's already oh. up. Um, I can't believe this is this low. Uh, Thor for the DS. Okay, no, which is I never, based on the movie. I never played this because I played the really bad PS3 version, which yeah. I hate and think it's one of the worst PS3 games. I've this ever This is the only Thor property or licensed property that people say is any good. Paul mentioned it to me; said it was fantastic. Uh, it's by Way Forward, and I do respect Way Forward. They've done Boy and His Blob, um, uh, Contra Four, uh, Blood Rain, which is not as good, but that's. A, as the first Blood Rain property I can think of that was actually a decent. Okay. And Blood Rain's a combo character. Yeah. Um, so the Thor game is, is just a side-scrolling kind of beat-em-up style. 
Um, it does use the two screens, especially for giant boss battles like fighting against um, a Surtur or a Frost okay. Giant. So it's kind of neat. You can kind of leap up into the second screen and what attack. What's the animation them. like? Uh, it's all hand-drawn sprites. It's the way Forward's famous for. Uh, very smooth. Um, it's the art style is done in the movie with the movie costumes, but it's kind of a more cartoony art. Can style. you unlock regular costumes or uh, not? That I know of, uh, but I have not finished the game yet. Uh, but it does unlock different move sets, which is a nice thing. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's what I mean about like there are things to find and unlock, and you're anticipating, and you can kind of see part of his move tree or move set, and you can anticipate and go, I can't wait till I find the room that unlocks this. That's that's nice about the transparency of those kind of uh, yeah. systems. Uh, if it's opaque, and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to unlock, but if you can see what you're going to unlock in the future, you mm-hmm. anticipate getting to that power. Shadow Dimensions and Edge of Time both had a lot of that. Yes. Like, you could you, see yes. how far you had to go Good example. in order to unlock the next attack, charge right. attack, or the caution. And you read it, and you're like, me. I can't wait to unlock that ability. I can swing guys around and knock them other guys. That'd be so useful. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, that's what I'm talking about um, in terms of that kind of carrot dangling. Uh, and so the music's okay. The music's not. But the animation's great, and it's just enjoyable. Kind of um, not really intelligent smacking so is trolls it, is, around. Is it in the movie continuity? Or? It's in the movie continuity, but I believe it takes place before, before the, movie? the movie. Makes sense. So you're, who are you fighting? Uh, Frost trolls. Oh, you go everywhere. You go underworld because I think Sif gets like kidnapped. Oh, Sif taken to hell. So you have to go after Hela. So it, it takes place all over the place. You go to like Jotunheim. And Svartalheim and Nephilheim. So you just kind of go around the nine worlds. Um, which, again, is an excuse, right? Like, Loki is kind of mis- up to mischievousness, and he's leading you around into, into dis- to get you to be destroyed or um, to kill you. And, and so you're going to different worlds. It's just a little adventure. It's not in-depth, in but it's a very enjoyable, and it's very cheap right now, and I recommend you get it if you have a DS. Okay. What's your uh, number seven? Because I've already done my number eight. Who's, uh, who's which ultimate, was? Ultimate Destruction. Uh, so not Ultimate Destruction. Incredible Hulk. Batman for the NES. Okay. By Sunsoft. Now, Sunsoft is known for making great music and great games on the NES. Um, not limited to... I think I've uh, only ever played this once. Uh, Batman? Yeah, because I never owned it. Um, I'm thinking of Journey to Silius, which is another fantastic Sunsoft game. And, of course, Mr. Gimmick, which never was released here, but is considered by many to be the greatest NES game ever made. So Sunsoft has a great pedigree. The, the graphics in this game are unbelievable. You get to a, a sewer level at one point, mm-hmm. and the water looks like it's like 16-bit quality. Like the colors and the movement and, and the way they've just created this kind of dour-looking, decaying you know, sections of, of Gotham City and you're descending down into like factories and, and sewer systems. And um, the music is very punchy. Uh, the gameplay's kind of got a little bit of the Ninja Gaiden in it because you can jump off of, uh, bound back and forth uh, against walls to get to higher depths or heights um, you have a, a system of different gizmos or weapons you can use or batarangs and so forth um, tough as nails very difficult game mm-hmm. but um, it's also kind of based off the first movie but um, ultimately it's just it's just a really fun Batman game um, it's not super true to the comics because first of all the Joker is like twice as high as you um, and a, a lot of the enemies just like I don't even know who this is they're just yeah. kind of like it, it feels like it was made by a Japanese company which Sunsoft is and they just kind of went, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have Batman fight a guy in a rocket pack. And they do. And then you're in the caverns, and you fight a guy who appears to be some sort of monster. You know, it's not yeah. terribly true to Batman. It's just a really fun game that has the Batman license. Kind of reminds me of uh, Batman Returns for NES, because it was the same kind of idea, but at least there... That's based on the second movie, right? Yeah, so you're fighting like circus guys. It's just random circus freaks. Yeah. Yeah. aren't really based on anything. Well, that's the problem with beat-em-ups, right? Yeah. 
you need someone who can kind of constantly beat up. That's why something like Ninja Turtles, where you're just fighting ninjas, makes sense. Well, yeah, but it's Faces mutants ninjas. and Mausers and Roadkill yes. Rodneys, and you're fighting yeah. everything in there. Whereas, um, I, I would say if you're going to play a Super Mario Returns game, play the Super Nintendo version. It's very atmospheric, much better graphics, cooler movesets. Batman, Batman Returns? Yeah, Batman Returns, what'd I say? Superman Returns. Batman Returns. Don't play Superman Returns. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't um, seem right. There's even a cool move where Batman can take two enemies who are either side of him, much like Spider-Man can do in the Maximum Carnage, mm-hmm. and just collide them together into each other, which is fun. Uh, but yeah, Batman's my number seven. Okay. My number seven was, there's, there it is, Ninja Turtles. Team NT2? Team NT2. Okay, the arcade or game. Or the arcade game, because I guess they are different entities. Yeah, which one do you like better? <sighs> arcade game. Okay, good man. But, because that, and then you can play with four, and that's the only reason. Well, better which music, huge, better graphics. Yeah, and yeah, it looks a little bit better. It was just a fun game. I just remember yeah. having so much fun. I never owned it, and I still don't. And I just, I, whenever I play it, I just have so much fun. Hmm. Uh, I still remember, I still, I, in my mind, I can hear the music for the first couple levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, if I close my eyes, I can see how, like, what the characters look like there. Remember the boss music? Yeah. It was such an improvement off of Team NT1. Oh, well, yeah, which that, is unrecognizable because it's, it's not a beat-em-up. That, be, that being said, well, parts of it are. Um, it's it's a, more of a side-scrolling action game. You're not beating things up. It's like I mostly... Guess that's, yeah, you're right. You know? it's, you're right. It's more of a side-scroller. I still like that game in its own way, though. I would never put it on my top list, nor would nor would I recommend it to anybody. I think it's deeply flawed, yeah. It's deeply flawed. It's super hard. Very ridiculous. But there's certain parts of it like I, I love, like certain music. I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember yeah. This. I said the music is the best part. Well, it is a Konami game. It's ultra technically, but ultra is Konami, and the and Konami's always been really good for music, especially so, in that era. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So, but the second game obviously is better, and it was really good as an arcade game. One of the things I didn't like that was that was limiting about this, the Team NT2 arcade game for NES was that if you wanted to get anywhere, you had to hit use the move that was A and B at the exact same time. Which is kind of a little hop in the air, and they swipe their weapon, yeah. and that'll give an instant kill to any Foot Clan soldier. If you use your regular attack, you just swipe and swipe and swipe. It'll take two hits, and in between every hit, the uh, Foot Soldier will hit, you, it will punch you. So you'll slowly lose health. So the yeah. way to keep your health and kill the guys is not jump kicks. It's not anything fancy. It's A and B at the same time. So two good players will walk up to every enemy in the game and just swipe the same way, and the animation's identical for every turtle. Mm-hmm. And so it gets kind of boring. It becomes this kind of methodical almost like robotic exercise of can mm. I hit A and B at the same time oh I missed I hit A slightly before B I didn't do the good move oh no I got hit whereas I feel like the arcade game is a little more manic the same move does exist you can do attack and jump at the same time they will do that swipe yeah. but I just feel there's there's more variety even in the attack um, you know as you're flailing your weapon around and jump kicks I feel are slightly more useful um, but nothing matches Team and the um, Turtles in Time I'll get to that in a bit I'm sure we will yeah uh, so that was what number seven. What's number six? Spider-Man Shattered, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Okay. Uh, which, which, I'll, which I'll just say right now is my number two. Okay. Which I'm surprised it got that high for me. Hmm. Because I have a lot of problems with it's it. It's my favorite Spider-Man game. I think yeah. easily, just as a Spider-Man game. I, I don't like the noirish war. The noir I, I loved it again. Yeah. I don't like stealth stuff, but I enjoyed I this version of stealth. Part of it is that I played the Batman games, and it just felt like a. Not as good version of that. They did come out roughly around the same time. Batman was a little before this, and then this out came like, out. Yeah, because Batman came out in September. This came out, in, I think, November. So it was like two or three months, but yeah. But they were in development, like, around the same time. Yeah. But people who go, oh, man, this is copying Batman, don't know what a development cycle is. No. Um, I enjoyed well, the... that happens with movies all the time. Movies oh, sure. Come out that are identical. Troy and... Um, what was the other one? 
oh, Alexander or yeah, yeah something like that yeah like this it's just the way it is things will come out like they're like when Once Upon a Time came out as a TV show people are like well they only came out because of Fables and then that Fables TV show never happened and it's like well no they're both in development they happen to mine some of the same areas but that doesn't mean yeah I mean I also really like uh, speaking of the noir levels the whole redesign of the world and writing it in a noir way and they, and they borrowed some themes from the noir comic um, where you have like the vulture as a, a murdering cannibal. Yeah. Um, it didn't and... feel like it was a very good version of that character though. Like if you're reading the noir Spider-Man and then you play the game, it's not the same world. It's not the same world but, or character really. But like... uh, first of all, there are a lot of people who only play video games and don't read comics, which baffles me. Like people who only read, uh, only play video games and, and don't. I don't really read comic books. I can't get into them. I'm like, what's At least it's more forgivable here that, you know, a Spider-Man fan will not have necessarily read noir. That's true, too. But even if you have, and I've read both. i played both and and read the comic. I still enjoy both interpretations. I really enjoy the world. The lighting is excellent. The color palette's really well done. Kind of got this almost like silver screen feel to it. Um, really um, diluted or, or washed out colors. Um and it's just enjoyable sequences to play. The level design is not perfect. It could have been a little more interesting than what they went with. A yeah. lot of the noir areas are just like, here's a stretch of buildings. Take them out. Who's your favorite villain Like villain to play against? My favorite boss battle? Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's a been lot. a while, but... Because um... what? The Amazing Spider-Man goes up against what? Craven, yeah. uh, Sandman, and Juggernaut. Ultimate goes up against Carnage, um, Electro, and Deadpool. Yes, and then twenty nine nine. Who knows? Goes up against the future Doc Ock, <laughs> I think, or yeah, Doc Ock's one of them. Uh, Lizard Hob or something Gob- else? Hob- Hobgoblin. Oh, it's Hobgoblin and Scorpion, I think, or something like that. Okay, and then the Noir goes up against Hammerhead, Hammerhead, Vulture, Vulture. and Goblin. Hmm. Which is your favorite of those options? Gosh, or Mysterio? I had a lot of fun with the uh, yeah, Mysterio. One was good. Um, I had a lot of fun with a lot of them. I don't know. I really enjoyed... There were a lot of problems with the, with the Craven one, but I do enjoy, and this is true of the game, the sequences where you go into kind of a first-person brawl. I didn't like those. I thought that was... was I thought it was a great idea. Very that visually wasn't... stunning to be able to kind of move into that and see Craven up, up close. Yeah, no, I agree. It was a great concept. I don't think... It the was... execution wasn't perfect. The execution didn't work. But I enjoyed it for what it was and just kind of being they able to like hammering my joysticks just to kind of hammer the other guy. And that was... They're playing, they were playing with the format. It wasn't the same old, same old, which I, I appreciate. It's, I don't think enough people liked it because it wasn't a refined thing at the time so they dropped Maybe it. Sandman is my answer. Really? Yeah, I really like Sandman. I actually really like the Craven. He's a very cool... Craven was very like... I don't know. It's easy to make a mistake. Like, Craven almost reminded me of a, of a far superior version of... Do you, you remember the first Spider-Man game for the 3D era? So, for N64 and for PS1? Yep. There was a Venom fight. Yeah. That was so annoying because essentially if he got close to you he's going to like tackle you or, or like hurt you real bad. It was yeah. all about like trying to maneuver but... The, it never allowed for any sufficient maneuverability. It wasn't really a Spider-Man versus Venom fight. It was very no. technical. It was like, when he does this, you have to step over here. Um, and I felt that was the same kind of way with Craven. Uh, whereas Sandman felt more like a set piece. It was like leaping across, you know, um, obstacles he's throwing at you and, yeah. and sand swirling everywhere. And I, I, it just looks very visually appealing. And I thought that uh, it was fun to play as that version of Peter because um, Neil Patrick Harris did a good job with the voice. And, he did a good job. He uh, did much better there than he ever did on the animated series he was actually the voice of. <laughs> it's just sad. Yeah. What, what, what game am I talking about? Oh, Shattered Dimensions. Yeah. I'm like, are we talking about your copy? No, it's, it's my, uh, my number. Um, so yeah, again, the, vari- uh, the variety was good. I did not like the Ultimate Spider-Man levels. I thought that that was 
Um, I was, it was a little boring, and his special powers that he unlocks through rage abilities is nowhere near as compelling no. as the um, as the, the, cool, the cool web attacks for uh, the regular one too. Yeah, like, yeah. I like the over the top way of using web. Like, well, how do you feel about two thousand nine nine like uh, drop sequences where you're just kind of these aerial drops? Um, they were playing with the format. Yeah, I, I didn't care for them. Uh, I think I don't I forget. I think they kind of didn't do that. They had similar type of drop sequences in. Um, uh, edge of time, which were I thought again were much better done. But there's nothing, there's nothing to it. It's just got, it's like uh, the Mysterio battles. The same kind of, there's a sequence well, I remember where you have to get closer and closer to him. Yeah, that's the thing. In Edge of Time, there was more of a reason. Like MJ's falling, go save her. Okay. Or she's in like a, in an elevator that's malfunctioned. You have to go save her. Like, but that should be like a like a like a ten second sequence. Then it is relatively short. Okay, it's that's not, fine. That's fine because Miguel like, or like you had you had like stuff. Showing up like it was like a burning building, so you had to like navigate while you're falling and to not get hurt by any of the, the burning debris, okay. and then be able to save MJ. Because so it felt more like there was a, because yeah, you're right. Making it a 2009 thing, Miguel doesn't just jump off buildings in the comics. Like no. that's not he's just like okay. You're right, there was just these prolonged sequences of just kind of yeah, of just navigating. Yeah. Now at least with the Hobgoblin one, you were trying to go after him. You got close enough to you'd web onto him, you punch him, you knock him into yeah. things. So at least it felt more risk. Like it's super frustrating when you hit something and you slow down and you get further away. And yeah, there's that whole stress of that. Um, again, like, I, but I did like that all the Spider-Man had different, something different that set them apart. From yeah, the different voices, different graphical styles. Like they had to change in program going between different types of and like polygonal why, graphics or. Um, um, that's why I, I like more cartoony. I just time more in a lot of ways because it was more refined because it didn't feel like they were finished. I felt like Shadow Dimensions could have been in development for a little bit longer hmm. to iron out a lot of the kinks because they had such a great concept but it's four different games basically and they needed to spend more time to make sure that all the games were, were flawless and I think that they could have spent another six months and I think they released it too early well yeah no game is ever there's no, never enough time on any game everything no, was released isn't. earlier than they wanted no I agree but I think that in that game it, it stood out more because you didn't just have one gameplay style that you're ironing out you had four, and I think yeah. I give them credit for trying to do that and be more aggressive with it and try and do more things. It just I don't know if it always worked out. And this is another example of the story just kind of pandering or, or creating an instance where you can fight more bosses. So like you've mentioned, it's not it's not a really engrossing story, but um, it is kind of like a comic um, cartoon. Stan Lee is the narrator in the beginning, yeah. and it's all about this jewel or who gem. Played the, and... Who played the voice of Madame Web in that? I don't know. I don't think it was his wife. No, I don't think so either. But you know what I mean? Like it's just like we have to go stop this dimensional gem from being misused, and that's kind of the only premise they use. And yeah, that's and all they ever have again, like and that kind of limits the boss battles because you fight the boss, but then they get empowered and they fight them again. So, would you say the cel shaded kind of style of Amazing Spider-Man um, was your favorite art style in that? Yes, yeah, I, I would agree with that. That was really nice. It was just it popped. It was it, mm-hmm. it felt like I was I was reading it like a really because modern comics are they have a stunning array of colors that they have to choose from. And I like the, the books that have really eye-popping colors, and it really stands out. And it isn't just... Like, there's some really good colors who use a darker palette, but I also like this bright and mm. exciting... Especially I, for Spider-Man. I just love the cel-shaded aesthetic. I think it's great. The kind of almost look... Like, uh, Nino Kuni, uh, Amber's playing through right now, is just... You know, it looks like a, a Ghibli cartoon. But then I didn't like Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon... Sorry, Ultimate Spider-Man game. And that had a much lighter palette as well. And that did not work I think it was more problems than just the... This, the, the, the graphic style wasn't a problem. Oh, I didn't enjoy the, the gameplay. The gameplay felt like a watered down baby version of Spider Man 2. Yes, it did. 
because it felt like it was too easy. And it wasn't compelling to me. Like, the story wasn't compelling for me no. to move forward. It, it looked like they... I don't know if it's just they didn't have time to give it the Spider-Man 2 kind of engine or, or to allow it to kind of do the same type of stuff. It just felt like very... Um, um, uh, training Wheels version of Spider-Man. I also don't feel compelled by the Ultimate Universe's storylines either. Especially around the Venom, so I don't care. Yeah, I agree with that. No, was that your number... Uh, Whatever was that? I don't know. The six or something? Good job. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. That was number six. My number six was X Men Mutant Academy Two. Love this game. It's an arcade. It's um. It's a fighting game. One on one. Yeah. Ever, ever play it? Yep. Did you play the Mutant Academy series? I did. I played all of them. I played Mutant Academy One, Two, and Dark Next, Dimension or whatever. Next, Next Dimension. Dimension. Yeah. Now Next Dimension, I hated because it was too slow. I liked some of the ideas in it. I like they had better some better characters. I like that the levels were kind of interconnected. Like you could fight in the danger room yes. and then end up like on the school you grounds. Could knock someone into the building. That's like, that's the only good thing about the game. Yeah, and one well, I like some of the costumes. But I found in that game it was it was very slow. Every character felt slow. It's an ugly PS2 game too. Yeah. Whereas so Mutant Academy Two, that's a PS1 game. I just I still love it. I was actually just thinking today, like I want to play this so badly. Yeah. Maybe we'll have time after the podcast, and we won't. But. If we did, I'd want to play that. Like, I remember, and it had like a funny uh, pool party um, mode where everyone was like in beach clothes. Do you remember that? No. I, yeah. I didn't uh, think I'd lock that sucker. Oh, no. Uh, Juggernaut's wearing like a pail on his head. Oh, man. And uh, Magneto's cape is basically like a towel, tie-dye towel. It was hilarious. I remember playing this game and, oh, and, and liking it only for the license and insisting to myself that it was good, even though I am a fighting game fan. And I know that it is not balanced. It has not got a good combo system. It's not good, like, even hit, See, uh, hit detection's not, terrible. I'm not a fighting game fan. Oh, they're much, so, so awkward. They're so bad. It's not that good, but maybe not. But I, I still love it. Like, it's still one of my favorites. I, it's still something I want to play. Um, and I like having all the different costumes in there as well. Like, that's a huge thing for me. If you're going to be adapting a comic book license, I want to be able to use as many costumes as possible. This was a problem I had with Shadow Dimensions is that uh, they made it really hard to, in order to have every costume in the game, I wanted more than anything uh, to have, I guess, I think it was Scarlet Spider. Uh, and you couldn't unlock, it was either him or Ben Riley's Spider-Man, I can't remember which one it was. But you couldn't unlock it unless you beat the game entirely, basically. You had to find every hidden spider in order to be able to uh, to unlock the, the character I wanted the most. So by the time I would unlock him, I was done the game. Well, this is the problem I have with Ultimate. Um, um, I guess Ultimate um, Marvel vs. Capcom Three. Um, when when video games were first getting to this whole genre with the fighter, with Street Fighter and Street Fighter Two, and then later Mortal Kombat, all they would do is palette swaps. They're like, I need to do an alternate cover color so that we can have two people play this character and and be able to differentiate. Yeah. Um, and that's all it was. And it was the same thing with like Mario and Luigi. They were this exact same sprite palette swap. Uh, with fighting games, they didn't have a history. Ryu didn't have multiple costumes when he first started out. He had his gi, and that's all he had, because he was a one-note character. Yeah. Comic books come, comic book licenses come with all of this baggage, all this history attached to it. And when you want to represent them in a game and go, I need to make sure that there's a costume change so that this Spider-Man doesn't look like that Spider-Man. And then you make one, the red and blue, and the other one, a darker red and blue. That is ridiculous. And so, yes, it takes a little bit more time and effort to change the, poly- the polygons and make a new kind of sculpt, as it were, for the character. Uh, and they want to sell that to you. So, from our vs. Capcom 3, we've had to purchase a Scarlet Spider costume. Yeah. We had to purchase Storm in her, neg- in her uh, negated powers costume. Um, I think that is utterly ridiculous. I think that those are the kind of things that they should consider and go, look, 
Maybe Capcom doesn't have characters that have all these different costumes. But when you make the Marvel characters and you want there to be four alternate costumes, mm-hmm. please do not just switch the colors around. Like with Thor? Like yes. Thor, he had the two costumes I liked, which one he had to buy. Mm-hmm. And then the others were just pile, like yeah. slight color changes. Yep. And not even good ones. And sometimes they try to go, well, we're going to use the colors of a costume, but not change the polygons to match mm-hmm. it. So Captain America has this happen to him when they're just like, well, we're going to make him like Red Guardian. But they don't change it. He still has like little wings on the side of his head. Yeah. He's still Captain America. They just made him red and then changed his shield slightly. Well, Spider-Man they did better with. Cause... And, and, but Spider-Man, you know, yeah, with, with the exception of, of Ben Riley, you don't really have to add, like, he had the hoodie. But with Spider-Man costume changes, they could have done the Ben Riley Spider-Man costume, the Spider-Man costume, and the black costume, um, which they did give us the black costume. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to change any of the polycons. Just change the art design on the skin itself. Um, that kind of ticks me off. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad. I, I do recall there being a lot of custom uh, costumes in these X-Men fighting games. And that was a huge part for me. It was something I loved. I, I recall the first one being better than the second one. Am I wrong? Am I remembering that incorrectly? I don't remember if I played it. Oh, okay. I think I played it once, and I, I had already played the second one, and I think I prefer the could second one. could go back. I don't think I could go back, no. Hmm. Um, interesting thing as well, uh, costumes I, I loved. Uh, the uh, first two Spider-Man games for uh, the PS1... And a ton of costumes. And they never, ever gave us oh, that yeah, many again. Yeah. Like, and there was costumes that they shouldn't have even had. Cosmic Spidey. Prodigy was in there. Like, I, I love Prodigy. Peter Parker street clothes. Yeah. Stupidest thing in the world. It's still there. You know what? <laughs> Who cares? And what I liked about that stuff, as much as the game doesn't... You cannot go back and play it. It's no, not a good unplayable. game. unplayable. But I like that a lot of those costumes had... Um, like extra bonuses or limitations. Like this, I played that game so much. Like the Peter Parker one, you couldn't have as many web uh, like web refills because that's true because he he's not in costume, he doesn't yeah. have his belt. Yeah. Um. Others had like there's there's just I thought the black costume didn't it give you like more strength or something. Something or unlimited unlimited webbing. webbing. Yeah. Uh, I think right. in the, the Captain Universe he was invulnerable. Yeah. Like and and then I think Spider Man Two it even had customs. You could custom design. You could use a costume you wanted and add in some of the abilities that you've already unlocked that goes with other costumes. They don't do this anymore, but that's a great... like. Oh, they'll charge you if they do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice to have not just an alternate costume, but there's an actual benefit or limitation for you using this that costume. That is nice. I do like That's that, a yeah. great... like. That, that's an added incentive for me to want to play the game to unlock... Like, if you're going to give me a collectible, there's a reason why I want that collectible. I want this costume. And not just to get that costume, because now... I have something like an extra ability because the costume. Well, to be fair, you'll want to get the costume regardless of the bonus. Bonus yes. is a nice a bonus perk. is is a bonus exactly. It, it is, is a better carrot to dangle. It is more of an incentive. It is more exciting to like, see. What and the, plus, uh, it was in a day before trophies, before people and achievements, before people had these other things to aim towards in their in their games. Remember climbing on that ceiling in that game? Yeah, it would go clear, and you could see uh, uh, down below you. I love yeah. that so much. That was really you cool. get web guys like that. It's too bad that you can't go back. Hmm. Like, well, I mean, we don't have to go back. We have some great games now to play. This is true. Um, okay, so that was my what, number six. What's your number five? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I didn't realize it would be this low on the list. I chose Ultimate Alliance 1 because the second game was a big disappointment. Yeah. My, my, uh, sorry, I'll, I put it as my number three. Okay. So we'll both um, talk about it. I, I picked this because, again, the franchise, I'm including X-Men Legends 1 and 2. Um, of the X-Men Legends series I prefer the second one over the first one the rough, first one's rough around the edges I did not like the first one um, I like that the first one at least was uh, more kind of coming from the Baldur's Gate tradition of the uh, dungeon crawl RPG a lot of nice RPG mechanics like equipment and equipment bonuses I like playing like numbers are a big part of the RPG um, and that was a bit too much for me at the time. I, I, I like that 
But once what? But once the game is just going around shooting everybody with Cyclops' Optic Blast, it's nice to have the variety mm-hmm. and the ability to kind of control and massage your numbers a little bit more and to augment it and go, what if I want to try to boost Cyclops' numbers with his armor and these visors and these extra things so that his, his beam is even more powerful? Mm. I like playing around with that. That is part of the kind of nuance of an RPG that when the game is kind of getting boring, you can play with. When, the, when they remove that, all that's left is just shooting the beams. A problem I have with the game... Uh, with those two with the X-Men Legends games at least the first one I remember playing it and I didn't play much of it, it was I hated the costumes weren't they all in their ultimate they're costumes? they're all in their costumes yeah. that made me not care and they had this like carry ability that didn't work very well at no, all like you could pick not. people up and often you would both die yep so it had some pretty major problems I got trapped somewhere and I oh, never yeah. and I, I just stopped playing yeah and I wasn't even that far I was just like I cannot figure out what to do and again, I couldn't find any information on it. And I said, you know what? Forget this. Because I think I'd upgraded the wrong thing or something. And I couldn't do what I needed to do without starting over. And I said, yeah. I'll just never play. Yeah. And the variety of locations was better than the second one. And um, teams were created. Like you could do like AOA. An AOA like, was you know, X-Men in there? Uh, I don't or was it just the PSP anything. version? I don't recall being in the PS2 one. But anyway, Ultimate Alliance is the one I picked. Ultimate Alliance, because yes. the the number of set pieces they have and the locations, going to the Skrull Homeworld, going to Atlantis, going mm-hmm. to uh, Sanctum uh, Sanctorum, or did I say that right? Yeah. Um, and, and then like Hell, um, and and just all over the Marvel Doom's Castle and Arcade's um, Circus. I almost felt that they uh, tried too many locations that. They left them nowhere to go in the, in the second one. And in the second one, they just ended up giving us really generic, uh, like nothing nothing new, I nothing exciting. I think you're being an apologist for the poor decisions made by that group. Maybe a little bit. The Marvel Universe is so gigantic, they could have easily have doubled the size of the first game with the second one. They could have also decided to design more enemies than some robots. That's all we That's got. That's it. Right? They were uh-huh. robots. And they could have decided to do something more unique than saying, let's take Civil War and Secret War and we'll mush them together into something incomprehensible look guys if you want to go with a, a storyline from a comic I'm all for that give it what it's due right due diligence to that one story and then kind of make your own thing don't give me a tinkerer storyline that was secretly a, a cyborg version of an LMD of of, of uh, nanobots somewhere yeah. in there Na- you gotta say nanobots oh, yeah, of, of a Nick Fury bot it, yeah and plus so dissatisfying in the first game didn't you unlock Nick Fury once you were done yes and this one you had to unlock a Nick Fury like a robot yeah the unlockable thing. that was a lazy unlockable and yeah and they took away all the customization in terms of uh... yes all the RPG elements are removed from this and even some of the set moves like uh, the throws the variety of different throws you could do in the, in the first game yeah. is, is significant like you can do at least three or four I believe different types of throws depending on which button combination yeah. you use this one it's one throw now the idea for the fusions was not a bad one but the, it was generic they were they had about five different styles they had an energy one and a physical one and a blah 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 and, and then they didn't really change after that no. depending on who you used and the choice of characters give me a break the first game threw in like the whole kind of kit and caboodle the whole like a nice little uh, collection of I characters feel like, I feel like they basically went for broke the first time said we don't know if we're going to get a chance to do another one so we're going to use all these lo- yeah. locations we're going to use Galactus we're going to use the Skrull Homeworld right. we're going to do all this crazy stuff we're going to use a lot of characters that you probably never thought you'd see in, a, in, in this game and we're just going to go hog wild and then the second one felt like let's rein it in a little boys but they used all the same characters as they did in the first game. I know. But they just didn't, like, for didn't some they, reason, play take, as well. Didn't they take out some of the fun they, ones? They took out some of the fun ones. I think there's no Electra and stuff. But, I mean, they have the whole Fantastic Four, and they've got Ms. Marvel, and they've got Cap and Iron Man and Thor. Like, there's not even any really variety to it. 
Yeah. In the second game, that's where you go, okay, well, we've made three games here, guys. We've learned these lessons. We've made these mistakes. Let's kind of make this um, more pinpoint, more precise. Who are the kind of characters that we could use that would A, be exciting to use, and would B, give us a lot of variety? Mm. We want to look at variety here. We're going to go to all these different locales. We're going to go to some crazy places, alternate dimensions. We're going to go to the Mole Man's uh, you know, uh, den. We're going to fight Giganto. None of this, by the way, happened in the second game. I'm just thinking of things that would yeah. be fun to them that I've actually considered. Uh, we're going to go to the blue area of the moon. We're going to have Red Hulk punch you out to in the face. I don't know. Whatever you want to think about doing. We're going to have the, like, like the offenders weren't around at the time. But, like, yeah. imagine, like, fighting some of these really cool supervillain teams. Well, the offenders were around in 2008. You or... don't fight supervillain teams. There's no, no supervillain teams to fight. It's just this mismatched I did like version it. of Civil War. In the first one, uh, like, Winter Soldier was there. That was really cool. It was nice to see him there, but... There's no, there's no, there's rarely any context for them. They appear there because yeah. they're on the bad guy's side. Yeah. And in this game, oh my goodness, nanobots. So the nanobots are doing everything. Whenever you want to fight somebody, they're being controlled by nanobots because yeah. that's why you want to fight Wonder Man. That's why you're going to fight She-Hulk. Yeah. It's so moronic. It's such a going back to this whole problem of this this trope of just taking a bland story and using it as an excuse to make us fight people. That is the dumbest like mechanic to just say they're being controlled by mind control. Everyone was controlled by mind control in the whole game. Mm. There was no consequences for your actions, even though they said they were going to be. Yeah. They had this whole false morality system that didn't end up being anything. It was just really a, a, mis- a mistake. They had the license and yeah. they wanted to make a game, but they didn't know what they were doing. They, they, there was a lot of hype for the second one because the first one just kind of happened. First one was so good. Well, it, no, there was so much anticipation. There they were was. Like, revealing the characters slowly online. Yeah. And, when the oh, second one, like exciting. I remember, because I remember having loved the first one. The first one I had a PS2, and then this this for the second one I actually had a PS3 because I never had, hadn't had a chance to play. Oh the yeah, first the second one's I, unplayable on PS2. You yeah, cannot play the second. I can't one on even PS2. imagine it. So uh, I was so excited. And I remember like looking at for the ultimate costumes, and those weren't even as interesting. Whereas no, the, like yeah, the ultimate the first ultimate one had really like the alternates were really exciting. What is the ultimate costume for a Human Torch in the second one? Can you remember? Uh yeah, it was the Scotty Young version, I think. Hooray! Yeah. What's the alternate version of Juggernaut? His that. ultimate one with a big X on his oh, face. Yeah. Like stupid decisions. It's like they're not fans of the material. Well, the worst ones are like Spider-Man had like his, or was it Daredevil, had the costume he wore in Secret War. Yeah. Don't care. Like who did they ask? I don't who know. Who did they, so my, my, my thought is that the same, it's not the same development group. Like I, no. I believe that a lot of guys left or, or something happened because I think they started and stopped several times. Maybe they just didn't read comics. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So I don't want this to become a bash of Ultimate Alliance 2. I, I do like Ultimate Alliance 1. I think it's the best of the series. And if okay. you haven't played it, highly recommend it. That's number five? Uh, that number I don't five? know. Whatever. I think that's number five. Yeah. Uh, mine yeah. was, because uh, again, favorites doesn't mean best. Yeah. Uh, Spider Man Maximum Carnage. Okay. Um, surprised I actually didn't put it higher. I just, I, I probably should have actually. Very difficult game. Oh, brutal game, but you know what? I, I just had so much fun playing it. Either being on an emulator or at a friend's house when, uh, when it was still on Super Nintendo. That red cartridge is sexy. That red cartridge. Uh, it was just so much fun. And I didn't care if I died. Like, if I... Even just playing, like, from the beginning, I just found it so it so enjoyable. Hmm. Uh, something about, like, the sound effects for, like, all the punching and kicking was pretty well Bra. done. Bra. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not, not not the effect. <laughs> the onomatopoeia? Yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. I like to see those. Uh, and then, and then, as you said, like being able to grab two guys and whack them together. Yep. Um, and you what, could web swing. Yeah, and you could. It didn't really help you because the screen would stop. No, but, <laughs> but it was kind of. Cool. And you climb on the walls and climb get like power ups. Yeah, it was awesome. And the animation was really sharp. Mm. Like it was some of the best. Nice si- thick black lines right around them. Yeah, it was yeah. some of the best sixteen bit animation I've seen. Um, 
Yeah, I just and again the color palettes were so vibrant, mm. like it really popped off the off the TV screen, and I just love playing it. I don't care if it's one of the hardest games I've ever played because I can't. I'm just I'm not good at it, uh, and I can't really get, always get that far. And I need the save states of an emulator. I don't care. It's Yet another example though of so them taking um, um, a comics license and making it a beat 'em up. We can't yeah. really think of anything to do with this, so we're gonna. I'll, I'll drop some honorable mentions here. Okay. Punisher. Great yeah. beat em up, but it's still just a beat em up. Yeah. Captain America and the Avengers, another beat em up. Yeah. X Men, another yeah. like they just they just say we don't know what else to do with them. There's this genre where you walk around and hit things. That's all comic book characters do. Yeah. Separation but, anxiety. It's yeah, uh, but Maximum Carnage is one of the few where I feel like it almost justifies it based on the storyline because um, everyone in New York was kind of going crazy. There, there was more. There was more attention to detail put in it. It was following a comic book storyline. Yeah, for like, the first time. Ever. Like even even like the shots of uh, the actual comic book panels that they just they they put the narration box yeah, in by yeah. them. But it, like those were actual shots. Like, like I could pick up my my trade if you were to play it. I could say this is this page. I felt like they were fans. Yeah, and X Men is like again a bunch of Japanese guys who want you to know that he's the master of magnet, right? <laughs> so they didn't really Where's, do the research. Yeah, so there's a lot. And then Juggernaut comes in with like a bazooka. Yeah, like, I don't know. remember that comic. But then, but then you play like Separation Anxiety, which should have been everything that was good about Maximum Carnage, but better, and it was sloppy. And it was oh, like, it was so sloppy. It was, it was a cash in. It was a cash in, and 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 I remember seeing like for years, I never got to play it when it was for some SNES. I remember seeing all the ads for it mm-hmm. and being like, I want to play this so bad, but I don't know anyone who owns it. So when emulators first kind of came out and were prevalent in the early in the early two thousands, I remember playing that and being like, I waited for this. This is what I was so excited about for years. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maximum Carnage has never gotten old for me. I'll play it today. Like if you if you were to say, "Hey, you want to play this?" Okay. I'm going to have to bring over the NES, SNES, and um, play a day. Turtles in Time and uh, Carnage. Oh, that'd be the greatest day ever! Okay, I'm so excited. Uh, all right, let's so go on to number four. The Red Star for the PS2. Really? Nobody knows about this, but if you don't, if, if okay, first of all, the I, comics. No, so you've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Have before. I? Yeah. Was it on air? Yeah. Okay, I didn't. I can't, know it was I can't on remember air. in ref- what, what, what. I remember talking to you about it, but I remember it was on air. It might have been in Potpourri episode. No, I didn't mention it. There. No, not in the video games. No, I you've definitely mentioned it numerous times. You well, love it. Here song. we go again. All right, it's a great comic book for regular listeners. Shack yourselves in. It's an alt history sci-fi speculative fiction um, book. So, what is it about the game though? Like, I, I like, I, I don't know anything about the game. Okay, well, why is um, the game so great? You can't find the comic anymore. No, you cannot. Even on Amazon, it's hard who, to find the collection. Who published it? Oh my goodness, I don't know. No, it was Forget. independent. I mean, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. When that came out, it was in it, everywhere. It used computer graphics in the art. So they kind of would use like CG models for kind of like to, to do the art. And it did it well because there's a lot of people who've done it poorly. It did it very well. Have you ever seen uh, Spider-Man and the Quality of Life no. miniseries? I'm not going to look at it now. It's horrible. Now run the other way when I see it. Yeah. If you ever hear it, just run away. Well, away. the thing about the Red Star is that um, it was a beat-em-up, but it uses enough... It, it fuses the beat 'em up genre with two other genres: the bullet hell shooter, and um, a little bit of RPG elements in there as well. You level up your characters. You have skill points. You can level up after each level uh, or each area. Um, you also have the multiple choice of characters, so you have two different play styles for each character. It follows the world like it really depicts the world of the Red Star extremely well. And there are a lot of sequences. Well, first of all, you have two: you have your melee and you have your ranged attacks. Okay. Um, a lot of beat 'em ups don't. They try to steer away from range attacks. They feel it makes it too easy. In yeah. this game, you just can just shoot the heck out of things. So it kind of almost has this feeling of being a shooter in some ways. Okay. And then when they get too close, you can switch to your melee stuff. And they have really cool combos. And then so, when you get to certain boss battles, yeah. it engages in like 
bullet hell kind of shooter stuff where they'll just spread fire out all over the place and all you have to do is try to find the, the pattern how to weave in between those bullets while you're shooting back so it kind of incorporates the shoot 'em up with beat 'em up my only interjection there would have been uh, the X-Men arcade game the only way they would let you do range attacks is if it hurts you yes if you use a mutant power and then you yeah you're just and then you're out. Yourself. And this you're out. you can just wail away and you can upgrade your fight your firearm or your weapons and so you can decide do you want to play well, more well, of a range guy a or more of a PS2 Really? Yeah. Can I borrow it sometime? Sure. I'm interested in at least like, now that I have a working. Um, I'd love PS3 to play it with, with you. It's two player. player. Oh, really? Yeah. Should go play up uh, upstairs. Be enjoyable to play two player on this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of variety to it. I think it's one of the best beat 'em ups, at period. Yeah. Um, and it's also based on a comic property that I love, and so I can't recommend this enough. Interesting. I've been, um, I've heard you talk about it. At, like, Nobody a knows lot. about it. And uh, I want to evangelize. It. I, I remember the comic vaguely. So I'd be really. Int- do you have a comic? Yes, I do. Like in trade or comic form? I have, I believe, a trade and the issue. I have all the issues because uh, it didn't even really finish. No, uh, and I think I have a trade as well. But having a lot in the early two thousands, you had a bunch of publishers showing up, really making a splash, and then just disappearing. Yeah. And setting up studios, ended. hiring all this staff, having great Christmas parties, and then like, where are they? That's crossed into me. Well, that's Daikatana as well. Yeah, that's right. What happened with John Romero? Uh, what happened to Dreamwave? Like they they imploded on themselves. What happened to them? Yeah, it's bad. They were Toronto based, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. There was a they lot did, of stuff. They going got on. a whole bunch of licenses and transformers and stuff, and they were just like on fire. But they they overproduced. Oh, totally. People you know, don't want to buy it. Isn't IDW now? now? Yes. Yeah. Apparently, people like their stuff, so I can't speak to it. And now Marvel might get Star Wars. Yeah, because Disney. Why right? would Disney keep it in the house? Why would they renew with Dark Horse? I feel so bad for Dark Horse. Dark Horse would have to like pay them everything. <laughs> We will pay you so much for this. Like, mm, no. Poor Dark Horse, eh? Because, like, that's a huge... That's that is their lifeblood, yeah. That is their lifeblood, like, more than anything else. Can they survive on Hellboy? I don't think so. Uh, quick interjection. So, this week they confirmed that they're going to be doing expanded universe uh, Star Wars movies. How do you feel about that? Like, a young Han Solo? Um, the more I see about this, this franchise, the more I read or view or see anything that come out of it that are not, that are not 4, 5, and 6... The more I, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I respect what the original movies did theatrically, not the remakes uh, that that George Lucas has, has created. I uh, don't care. I think there there are there are so many other more interesting universes to explore with science fiction than this. Okay, that's fair. All right, moving on. I guess to uh, my number four was the I I put them in the same spot: Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. Uh, I couldn't put them any lower. I thought about it for a long time because I, I do think there's a repetitive nature to it. Um, but I, when, there's such a, a feeling that I get from playing them is that I almost would rather someone else play and I watch them because it felt like a movie, and a really good movie. Uh, that they, and, and it was very cinematic. It just felt like a one where they had this story first and then they built how we're going to make this translate. Probably not what happened. But the story is so good that it doesn't feel like they just draped it on top of what they wanted to do already with the, in terms of the gameplay, like you said before. Like this felt like they had a very clear idea of what they wanted the story to be. Um, and like, and plus you get to re- reunite Mark Hamill and uh, Kevin Conroy together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, Kevin Conroy is Batman. I mean, he's just his voice is so good for Batman. And Mark Hamill is an amazing Joker. And I think allowing him to be the Joker in this was actually in a lot of ways better than he ever was on the animated series because he could be darker. He didn't have to be as... as like the, the the Batman animated series obviously got pretty dark at times. Oh, yeah. But it still had this idea like it still was 
a, like a you know an afternoon cartoon show. So as much as it went very dark sometimes and told very mature stories, it still knew that it had a certain limitation. It still had standards and practices it had to adhere to. That was thrown out the window with this game. So I felt like you got a darker, more delicious version of Hamill's Joker. Mm. Uh, more uncensored and more madcap. Sorry, not madcap, but more just less zany, less Joker. Like This is scary. Um, and they're just fun. They're, they're fun games, and there's a lot going on. And they are universally praised. Universally praised. So like, I don't even know if I need to say much about it. I don't even think they're... like I wouldn't put them as some of my favorite games I've ever played. I know a lot of people would. Uh, I, I find that a lot of it gets a little redundant at times and a little bit, you know, you're just you're following the formulas and then you're just kind of doing it over and over again but they do try to keep it coming, there's a lot of different villains and because this feels more like it's entrenched in the Batman universe that I like, you know, this feel like there's a lot of name dropping of other characters, etc, like I like feeling like I'm, I'm playing a universe game Have I made my feelings uh, clear on this series ever on air? I don't think I'm there, no. I hate these games. Three major reasons why. Hyper-realistic animation? The uh, animation is not hyper-realistic. It looks ludicrous. The design of the Batman looks... I don't use the word retarded. It's ridiculous. It's not interesting at all to me. The way they've got his horns shaped in his face. like er Everything about his costume just looks like... It's a guy who thought, how can we make Batman look more extreme? Oh, what an extreme-looking Batman. Well, he doesn't have a star on his, his eye. His build is crazy huge, like the Jim Lee version, which I don't like. I like the kind of the more athletic build that they give, especially mm. to guys who are supposed to be a little more like acrobatic. Anyway, I don't like the art design. I know that there are alternate costumes you can choose, but just the art design. I don't like the Joker design. I don't like the Harley Quinn. I, don't, I think I don't the Kinky Quinn is much better. I don't mind the Joker. I'm not a huge fan of Harley Quinn, although Kelly LeVay likes that design. They took the real angular one from I Killing hate... Joke, and then they added the higher lips or the wider lips from Dark Knight. Like, they're just amalgamating things. They're not even making anything new. Uh, I hate. The, I do hate the version of Bane they have. Yeah, the just, version of Bane is like stupid. Yeah, like the monster. Like, again, they, like, they watch the movie first. Um, the version of, Bla- uh, of Catwoman. I love the Catwoman, especially when it's drawn by Adam Hughes. I love that kind of cute, sexy, short black hair one with the simplest costume. Yeah, her boobs are out. I don't want to see her boobs. They're still seen in her little cat costume. Just like, um, again, Adam Hughes is a great example. Oh, Adam does pop them out sometimes. Uh, Jim Lee is a good example. He keeps them in. Yeah, he does. Um, All of the art style I can't stand. That's number one. Number two is the combat. I find it repetitive and without any nuance and unenjoyable. The third one is detective mode, which is a deus ex kind of like... You can't solve anything? Press this button and the whole world will show you all of the flaws or all the cracks or all the entryways or all the secret areas. It's like, what, what am I doing? It's like, the, it's like the see-through walls gun from Perfect Dark. It's just like, where's the challenge now? Mm. I'm not interested. That's not making me a detective. Okay. I feel like games like Heavy Rain or here experience being a detective for an event. Like, mm. Combining adventure games with action would be great for Batman. Anyway, that's just my feeling, but I understand it is a highly praised game series. Okay. Number three. What you got? Okay, um, we talked about this before, and there are some properties that are comic book properties. They have comic books in them, but yeah. the game is not necessarily based on those. So you, dis- so you, were, dis- were... you disallowed an entire game series? Well, there were two I was thinking about. I'm like, look, Transformers is a show, but it was a comic book, but it's a movie. And then the new games, uh, War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron, are very enjoyable. Um, after my potpourri episode with Paul, he told me to go back and play Fall, Fall of Cybertron. I did finish it, and I enjoyed the second half so much more than the first and so I would recommend both of the games and I think that they're very enjoyable for Transformers fans and they do come more from uh, comic book series like uh, The War Within or the newer one um, Autocracy 
where they kind of talk about the story of those characters on Cybertron. Because the comics and the shows really didn't deal with a lot of that no, pre-stuff. So I could have mentioned that. But then I thought, you know what? I'm probably going to go with DuckTales on this one. Because DuckTales is also another thing that was originally a comic book based on Scourge McDuck. That yeah. they kind of said they took this character uh, who was a tr- world you know, traveler looking for treasure and then adopted it into a, I guess, a Saturday morning kind of cartoon with, with his family. Um, but the game, the NES game, is really based more on the, on the material, the it's, classic comic material. I agree. It's based on the original Carl Barks, uh, which I, they don't have a good version of in trade right now because I really want to own it. The Eleven Times of Scrooge McDuck. That'd be fun to get. Oh, it'd be amazing to get. I've never really been able to read all of it, and I feel like I've done myself a disservice because Carl Barks is so amazing, an illustrator and that, a writer. That and um, a Windsor McKay collection. I'm looking for either one that's affordable and available, and yeah. so I'm looking for those. But um, I don't think I have to say much about DuckTales. If you have not played the DuckTales game... DuckTales 1 or 2? 1. Uh, the second one is almost impossible to find. Is I don't know if it's necessarily as good. No. But the music and the gameplay uh, is just very, very enjoyable for DuckTales 1. Um, and if you don't want to play DuckTales, go play one of the Cybertron games, uh, Fall of or War 4. <laughs> that's, such an, that's such an odd thing to say to somebody. You don't want to real, you know, play Well, a, one's a, a third-person shooter, Yeah. and the other one is a side-scrolling platformer by Capcom, which is just beautiful. So uh, go play both. But I, I'm going to put DuckTales on the list here. All right. Um, I... I was well. My my next one, I guess my number three was Ultimate Alliance, which we already discussed. I want to quickly instead just mention a, an honorable mention that didn't make my list, and I hadn't really thought about it until we were talking about Batman. Um, I really loved uh, Lego Batman Two for the Vita. Uh, I, hmm. I I played it on the PS3, and it was okay. But they added an open world aspect to the hubs. Um, if anyone familiar with Lego games know what I'm talking about, they usually have like the game levels, and there's a hub you have to try and explore and find different bricks, etc., to unlock things in, in this map, and then you can go into the individual worlds and unlock other things. The Vita game was much more streamlined, and I found that to be immensely more enjoyable. Mm. Uh, the mechanics, and plus then they have, uh, after you've done a story, you can do the free play of any level, and then there's other things you have to unlock, so there'll be like these gold things that you can only break with Superman, so now you can use Superman in the free play, and if you've unlocked them throughout using the game, and there's green blocks, you can only access them with Green Lantern. It was just felt. It felt more like a. There's a reason why it's called Lego Batman Two DC Superheroes. Because although it's it's his it's Batman's game, you're still use, you're using the Justice League together to help defeat the enemy, and especially when you get to the last level, you can't defeat Lex Luthor unless you use the entire Justice League's powers together, which I really like. So, and I'm it makes me really excited for the upcoming uh, Lego Marvel Heroes because I cannot wait to play that game because there's it's supposed to be like so many. What I like also is that because the Lego games they're not graphically taxing as much as uh, any other game so they can just throw in characters instead of having to worry about can we render them as as high quality as we want to like that's one of the problems i had with like dc versus mortal Kombat is that <laughs> there's such an, an emphasization on these really good you know really solid models for all the characters but then we didn't get as many characters like we had like what, it was eight? also a ludicrous premise oh stupid premise yeah you <laughs> can um, have all the marvel all the mortal Kombat characters kill everyone and then no one else in dc can kill anyone no they've yeah it's yeah Anyways, that's so that's my honorable mention is for Lego Batman too because I just found it really fun. Like, if you do you ever play uh, Amber's Vita? Uh, no, I'm not really allowed to touch it. Because um, oh. I would lend it to because it's enjoyable. Well, I mean, I am on tap to play um, Persona for Golden when she gets done with it. So I have requested to be able to play it. That's really the only game I want to play in that system. Okay. But we did buy. Lego Batman for the PS3 and we played through some co-op of it and we both found you it bought just, it? yeah when did you buy that? Uh, about a year ago oh and, Lego Batman 1 
Yeah, and then we traded it in the next day because we just didn't enjoy it at all. So I'm hoping that either the Marvel ones will change my mind or uh, the new Lego City game, which mm. is um, coming up for Wii U, which is actually more kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of cop yeah. detective game that's kind of like an open-world Lego City vibe to it that actually seems to be more than just a beat-em-up that has you collecting tiny little Lego collectibles. Yeah. I feel that, that those inside jokes and those references to Starsky and Hutch and to Miami Vice and all that kind of cool yeah. stuff will be cute and clever and enjoyable. I think the, um, Lego Batman 2 had a, was a tough sell for me when I first played it in terms of winning me over because up until then, the only Lego game I had played had been Lego Indiana Jones. Now, with Lego Indiana Jones, uh, in every Lego game up until Lego Batman 2, there was no uh, the characters didn't actually have dialogue. Mm. They had like memory basically, but but they didn't actually have like they didn't actually have any real dialogue that they had. And the benefit of having all these Lego games based on familiar properties is that everyone kind of has a sense of what's going on. So if I was playing Indiana Jones, I, I, part of the charm of the game was that I understood that there there was some humor thrown in, but really was telling me the story of these movies in a Lego way. Whereas Lego Batman Two had a totally original story, so it it had harder. It was a harder sell in order to win me over because I think a lot of the charm of the Lego games is that you don't need dialogue, you don't need these other things. You're doing translations of existing properties. Now I haven't played Pirates of the Caribbean partly because I've never watched those movies. Um, I haven't played the Harry Potter ones because I haven't really watched most of those movies. But I'd be interested to try those after I've watched those properties because then I'd be able to appreciate what they're telling me. I can't pick. I, I can't pick up either of those games until I'm familiar with the properties. But though. the gameplay is going to be identical as long as you. It is going to be identical, but yeah. but there's a I don't know, there's a charm to it if you understand what, what you're what you're playing. Like yes, there's the overall mechanics of beating up, collecting the collectibles is the same, but the level design and why you're doing certain things and the cutscenes will be more charming based on your familiarity with the property. Yeah, perhaps in a big way. But I mean. Uh, we've talked a little bit about well there's plenty of beat em ups on this list because again they keep throwing the comic book license at that genre mm-hmm. um, I've tried to I mean even on my list right now I have how many beat em ups actual beat em ups on there that I can see um, two really because I've tried very hard to steer away from that I did make the honorable mentions you know there's X-Men there's Punisher yeah. there's Cap um, because I feel that they are repetitive and there's a reason that genre died out and um I don't want more games like that. So, even though I think Team NT4, which is actually my next my next game, if you're done. Oh, uh, is, is that your number two? It's my number two. Yeah. Um, it's not my number... Yeah, it's my number two. Um, because I wouldn't want them to make a Team NT5. I don't think they need to do that. I, obviously, the creative team has completely moved on in the 20 years, 25 years since that game came out. But they might have retired. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't need more beat 'em ups. I think I, I, I'm not. I'm not call. I don't. You know, I don't sit in my in my living room and go like, you know, what they really wish I'd do. They're supposed to make a, a Spider-Man beat 'em up that like could take Maximum Carnage to the next level. I don't feel that we need more of them. I feel like that that genre has kind of said all it needs to say. And the only interesting thing they can do for us now is to kind of uh, either be completely re envisioned or, or, or revised, or do things like the Red Star does and takes different genres and mixes them together and gives us something that's more unique. Um, more enjoyable and something with more variety. Uh, Team ET4, I remember playing in middle school, I think it was grade 6. My brother said, we're going over to my friend's house at lunchtime, you should come. Uh, we walked you know, off the property and went to his place to eat, and I remember him popping in this game, uh, my, my brother's friend, and we just played it every lunchtime for as long as I can remember. It was so addictive. And we would never get more than halfway through the game, but the goal was to see how much better we could be so that we could get through the game faster each time. 
Um, the level variety is is great. There's no level design in the game. Like the, it's all just kind of a straight path, yeah. uh, with the exception of a few like sewer surfing and like um, hoverboard levels. But for the most part, it's just you're walking to the right. But it's the combination of all the different moves that they give you. Um, the turtles are, are, are actually different in the way they play. Mikey, for example, has more defense. Raph has the least defense, but he has the highest attack. Yeah. Donatello has the longest reach, but he's slower. Uh, and they all have special moves they can do that um, uh, will take off life off, you know, off your character. Um, extra joy, they're called, in, in Final Fight. Any move that you do that's a super move that takes health off of you is called extra joy in that game. So I call them extra joy moves. Um, that you can go as comic book style or cartoon style graphics if you want. Um, there's different difficulty settings. There's even like a versus mode if you want. Um, but it's really a combination of the excellent 16-bit graphic um, mm. um, uh, art design. I love 16-bit. Oh, it's beautiful looking. It's so, so nice. Konami's fantastic soundtrack. I cannot emphasize enough that this is the best Ninja Turtles soundtrack mm. of any Ninja Turtles property I've ever played. Yeah. It is punchy. It is in keeping with like uh, a lot of the, the uh, instruments or the notes that they uh, use in the in the inter in the intro to the cartoon okay those kind of sounds they have actually purposely incorporated into the soundtrack in this game mm. in different ways all the levels have different soundtracks it's a time travel game so you go from the past to the future yeah. so you see a lot of different things and and um to be fair there's a lot of um, palette swaps of foot soldier um clan members but they have different weapons and different attack styles and then you do get you know like i said the roadkill rodneys and and mud monsters and oh, and yeah. um rock monsters or rock soldiers for Dimension X and um, you know the, the Kang battles and you get to see like all the different Bebop and Rocksteady you've got Toka and Raza from the movie you've got Slash who's one of my favorite characters you've got Metalhead who's one of my favorite characters mm. you've got Rat um, Rat King who's another one of my favorites Super Shredder um, yeah. Kang uh, sorry Krang in his um, um, giant uh, body and yeah. um, uh, Leatherhead even is thrown in there like just a nice mm. variety of bosses um and lastly, I will say that the hit detection, the feeling of hitting someone is, is twofold. When you hit someone, there's a great sound effect. It's like a shunk noise. Um, so you feel that you've hit them. And they kind of have this kind of kinetic move where they fly backwards. And then they also have these great moves where you can throw them around. And there's a slam move that you're familiar with from yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. You can slam them back and forth. But in this game, the screen shakes oh, really? and the slamming noise is really loud. So you are going wham, 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 and it really feels like you're having, there's some kind of weight to the characters. And then, of course, the move that lets you throw them into the screen was just like, blew me away as a kid. This is Mode 7 graphics on this SNES, being able to use like this, this uh, sprite rotation and scaling to kind of make this foot soldier fly towards your face. Um, just a beautiful game in every way. The best beat em up ever made. I don't think uh, most people argue with that. That that I've ever made. You said that I've ever made. That, that, that it sounded. Oh, like did I say you? I, it sounded like I've best ever, ever made. You. Greatest game. And Richard is an abomination. So I need to I need to show you this. Other well, game. I apologize for offending you. <laughs> I'm not offended. I just it's it's because, I'm just I'll, sad. I'll, I'll I, admit it's because I'm ignorant. I, no, but that is the only acceptable answer. I think I w I thought that you did know about this game. No, and that you liked Richard anyway. I was like, why? I knew there were some differences. I didn't realize it was that. But now that I know, difference. it's like it's like you haven't had real orange juice before, so you think Tang is the best. You know, like well, Tang isn't the best. What's wrong with this guy? And then you have orange juice. Like I'm blown away. Like your eyes dilate. Like you've never. Yeah. You know, had this before, and then like, oh, there you go. So that's kind of how it feels. This is the orange juice. You've been drinking Tang. Damn it! <laughs> All right, that sounds so sad. Uh, well, my second was Spider-Man: Shadow Dimension. So let's move on to your first. <laughs> um, Marvel superheroes for the arcade. I'm surprised. I'm 
I'm both surprised and not that this is your first. Well, it's interesting. And it would be on your list. I yeah. just didn't think it would be this high. Well, uh, I wanted to make sure that at least my number one was tr- was a true and true like comic property that, like, that people would recognize. Turtles in Time was maybe going to be number one. I don't know, whatever. But like, yeah, I didn't want. Not going to feel like that. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I wanted to be like, look, this is t- like the comic material. They took the Infinity Gauntlet, and then they screwed some things up. They put like Shumagorath and Blackheart in there. I but, like the game, but I don't enjoy it at the same level. Well, I love I love Capcom's uh, fighters, especially in this era. The so whole you, di- you disallowed the pro- Marvel versus Capcom and Street, uh, X Men well, no, versus Street Fighter. In the entire franchise. You think this is the best of the versus series? I, I know some people break up the verses from the, but like the regular series was only um, X Men: Turtle of the Atom and Marvel Superheroes, which are yeah. both enjoyable games. And then as soon as they that second game came out, they went to X Men versus Street Fighter. So the versus uh, series, if I were to pick one from that, I'd say X Men versus Street Fighter. Um, but from everything, I like the purity of, of Marvel characters only. I, I don't like Capcom as much. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy the sprites, the drawing on, on each of the um, frames of animation are just beautiful and fluid. That's true, they are nice. The first time I saw this was in an arcade, and it was like a giant screen at the back of the arcade. So it was like like half the size of real people, these sprites were. And I just I was so floored. I didn't have a quarter at the time, and I didn't even want to go over to the machine to get quarters. Because first of all, there were lineups on each of oh, the joysticks. Yeah. But second of all... I was just I just was watching this. I couldn't believe this was happening. And they would jump up. There was a second screen, so there was all these extra options you could do. It wasn't as, as contained or as claustrophobic oh, yeah. as Street Fighter 2. Um, and they're pulling up... Like, when you see the proton cannon of Iron Man for the first time, wearing his modular armor, and he's just shaking with the power of the proton cannon. Or Cyclops, after he beats somebody, you know, in... in um, um, Children of the Atom, and he fires his beam up into the air, and his muscles are yeah. rippling, you know. And and it's and then you hear the voices, and you hear Juggernaut's voice from the cartoon, yeah. and you hear Wolverine's voice from the cartoon. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And you see Spider Man kind of crouched over, gangly looking, almost in atomic Farland poses, and mm. and contor- contortioning in, in ways that are impossible. And Captain America cartwheeling past people and slamming them with his shield. It just blew my mind. And ever since then, I've decided I would need to master this. I need to be able to play this because I put a quarter in eventually, yeah. and the, I I think I blinked and it was over. So I need I like I have got to practice this. And so from then on, I just practiced the series as best as I could. And when X Men vs Street Fighter came out and Rogue was in the game, mm-hmm. I think my pants came off. I don't know. I, I was <laughs> at Wonderland and I was just standing around in my boxers. Um, no, I mean it was just uh, the the series progressed. It got more and more exciting with each game, yeah. and, and I enjoyed the tag team aspects. But there's something about going and getting these gems and I love that you can get the infinity gems and then activate them and all of a sudden Hulk now has twice the power he normally has or Spider-Man who's already strong his gem his best gem is the um, is the power gem because he has speed and strength and Hulk's best gem is actually the speed gem the time Mm -hmm. gem because he already has the power now he has the power at triple times the speed so each character has a gem that's best for them Mm. Juggernaut is like uh, I think space is best for him uh, because he becomes all made of stone and now he's invincible like um that kind of extra nuance with those little abilities, those little kind of relics, as it were, um, really uh, put enough of a spin on it uh, that it pleased me. Uh, the music, again, as I say, um, just fantastic. So uh, being able to fight Thanos in the end, yeah, unparalleled. And Doom, just a really great game. That is my favorite of the whole Capcom Fighter series. I recognize that Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has more characters, but I think the balance and, and the gameplay of that, of that game uh, makes it one of my favorite comic book adaptations in a video game to date. Okay. Now, before I get to my number one, I didn't include anything from Marvel vs. Capcom myself because I didn't have any real history with uh, like Street Fighter vs. X-Men, etc. Um, but uh, we, we had talked 
prior to the podcast when we were still compiling our lists, and you're, we were very big on, well, you seemed really big on making it as comic book centric and not kind of including other properties, which is why I didn't include Marvel vs. Capcom myself. Yeah, yeah. Because DuckTales and Ninja Turtles were one on my original list. But those are more comic, well, because the Capcom characters aren't comic book. They are video games, so that's what why. What Capcom character? Oh, yeah, Cap- oh yeah, I for Marvel vs. Capcom. Sure, which is why I didn't really include them either. Whereas I think the other ones are still old comic book characters. Um, so my number one is uh, a PC game, uh, Sam and Max Freelance Police, or sorry, Sam and Max Hit the Road. Really, and uh, part of it's just I grew up playing this game in the early '90s. It was a uh, you know one of the one of the many Lucasfilm, sorry, Lucasfilm, Lucas, Lucas yeah. Arts, uh, point and click adventures. Uh, I was really enjoying that genre back when my computer could still, you know, run them. Uh, my dad had brought a computer home and he let me go get this game pack and it had like five LucasArts games in it. And uh, I had like I had Rebel Assault and uh, I think I had like demos for Full Throttle and I had I think Dark Forces 2 and all this really, you know, very of the time games include like Day of the Tentacle, which is a Maniac Mansion game. And then, uh, and then I got the Sam and Max game and it had irreverent humor um, I ended up seeking out the comic book and reading it. I eventually even watched the animated series for this, but nothing ever topped the video game. Uh, it was just a manic, weird, crazy game. You got this uh, very kind of cool, smooth-talking uh, dog that's a detective with his manic bunny, who is his partner. And they're these freelance police, and they work for this commissioner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget even what the mission was in the first one, but there was just so much to do, so many places to go. And they had like bonus missions where you had like I think it was either I think it was Max the the, the bunny uh, jumping um, on the top of like a car and like they're trying to avoid like like these signs or like the, the um, if you're on like a highway and you have the uh, the signs showing how far you are until the next thing you'd be jumping over them as you're on the car. It was just a lot of fun stuff. I I still want to play it and I, once in a while I'll go back and I'll try and find something that'll allow me to use it uh, on my PC and I just have such a good time. I didn't know this was a comic book. It was. It was a comic book first. No. It was yeah. a very limited, um, uh, like, independent comic, and then it got translated into a video game, and then it was such a hugely successful video game, it eventually became a cartoon series that was, uh, I think it won a Gemini Award, because mm-hmm. it was Canadian-produced, like produced. Uh, and I loved the, the TV show. I think it, it it was a little bit more zany than the TV, than the, than the, uh, the video game had been but it was in the same style and then eventually I actually have not played any of the Telltale games uh, that they have done of the Sam and Max and I keep wanting to but that surprises I, me yeah if this is your number one yeah I know I just you know part of it's I know that they changed the voices and the voices are a huge thing for me and I, I don't know if I want to hear someone else's Sam and Max they already did for the TV show but it was different entities and I, I felt okay with that um, I don't know. I, I, I'm more afraid of being disappointed because I hold the original in such high, high, high esteem. And for years, they worked on making a sequel, and it kept falling through for whatever reason. And eventually, enough of the people that worked on the original LucasArts left, and then they started working at Telltale, and they brought the license over. And then, uh, so I, at some point, I, I think it's Devil's Playhouse is one of them, and I think the other one's about time and space. And I, eventually, if they go on sale again on the PSN network, I'll probably buy them. Because I, I, I just I have such a warm place in my heart for Sam and Max. Have you ever played any of them? No, I'm not an adventure game guy. No. I've tried a bunch and don't like any of them. With the exception of uh, Walking Dead. Okay. Because I think, I think part of that for me also is that because I had the Nintendo and then I never got the SNES because my dad wouldn't let me have one, I ended up going to PC games for like five, six years. So when everyone else was playing SNES, I had to either go over to someone's house or play NES or, 
or then eventually when my dad brought home a computer in I think 94, 95, maybe 96, uh, when everyone else is then, then transitioning over to the N64 and was still playing uh, PC games. Mm-hmm. So that's why I played PC games for a while. So I was playing like Civilization 1 and 2, uh, all the SimCity games. I was very much a PC gamer, uh, but not I wasn't playing Doom or any of those types of PC games. I think I played Duke Nukem 3D because who didn't? Um, and then eventually, when the PlayStation was out, I bought that in the, I think 2000, and then I became a console gamer. But up until then, it was ma- it was mainly PC because of necessity, because I didn't have the money to buy my own system. My dad wasn't going to buy me a 64, and so I was kind of uh, restrained by what I had available to me. Hmm. So, and I, I never really thought about that before. But I think that's why I ended up going to these adventure games, these point and click adventure games, because that's really the best you could do on the PC. Because um, I wasn't a shooter and I never really cared. Any other honorable mentions? Uh, I feel like there's a bunch I, I can't think well, of. There's the Return of Superman you were mentioning before. Oh, the Death and Return of Death Superman. Return of Superman. I always enjoy it, even though I know it's not a good game. I love the animation on it. Again, I missed out on the SNES. So whenever I go back and I watch it, I'm always in, in awe of the animation. Because remember, I'm used to just watching the NES. Um, that's all I get to see is the NES animation. So then when I get to see the step up the Super Nintendo, I get so excited. And that's part of the reason why I love Maximum Carnage is that it just pops because I'm not used to seeing that kind of animation. So in that, so the Death of Return of Superman, not a good game, but I like that you had Cyborg Superman in there. You had, uh, you know, Superboy, and it was just fun. It was ridiculous fun, but it was fun. Um, I have... Two, I guess I'll I'll drop again. Um, sorry, Ghost in the I, Shell. Sorry, I have one more. Oh, sorry. okay. I'll I'll do here. I'll, I'll do one. Ghost in the Shell for PS One. Okay. Which is based off of a manga, based off an anime, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is very, um, I guess, under people's radars. Uh, it is PS One, so I can't recommend it too much because I don't feel those games hold up. But uh, look up a, a YouTube video if you're at all interested in that property. Okay. Um, a very interesting game. Yeah, go for another one. Uh, the original X Men game for not not Nintendo but for Sega Genesis. Yeah, those ones are. It's Jim Lee come to life. Mm. I mean, and again, for someone, for any kid in that era who was playing, watching the animated series in '92, it was the game. Uh, and so many of my friends, again, I didn't have a Genesis, but I had to go over to this one kid's house, and he'd be, we'd play it all the time, and it was so good. It was a one, I think it was two player, but most people just played it as one. And it had, like, Gambit. I think it had Rogue, Cyclops. No, I think Rogue was an assist character. Yeah, I think she was an assist. And Gambit, Archangel was, too. Yeah, but Gambit like Nightcrawler, Cyclops. Yeah. I never had a Genesis, Wolverine. but I did... I did... Um, I was really jealous of the kids who had it. It was a really cool game, although after playing it, like, it was definitely earlier than... Some of those SNES games I mentioned with had such great graphics came af- much after. Like, they were later in the cycle. Because the Genesis games weren't as polished. Well, and then as a Super Nintendo owner, finally I got uh, my day because Capcom released X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. That was really cool. Which was a great game that it kind of incorporated certain move combinations from like the Street Fighter series where like Cyclops would do his optic blast, yeah. would do like quarter turn Didn't you use attack. Beast first? Wasn't the Beast the first character you used? Uh, I believe you can choose. I think there's a select screen where you have five I'm, characters. I might be thinking of a different game. And you can pick uh, Beast, Cyclops, um, Wolverine, Gambit, and Psylocke. So, four extremely physical X-Men, and then one beam guy. Yeah. Um, and I, I just... Beautiful, again, it's, it's Capcom, so the graphics were gorgeous. Uh, sound was okay, and uh, the controls, again, incorporating some of this, the fighting game mechanics really spoke to me, because I was very much into fighting games at the time. 
what, what does it hold up? I think it kind of holds up now. I don't think it's yeah. the greatest game, but it's worth mentioning. Did you ever play... I remember seeing ads for it. I've, I've never played it, never seen anyone had it. I think it was a mod or some sort of, uh, of expansion Doom? on Quake. Quake, yeah. For That had yeah. pieces of the Age of Apocalypse in it. How, um, what was that? It was just a mod. That's all it was. Yeah. But it, I remember seeing it in like magazines and stuff and yeah. always wanting it. Yeah, I wanted it too, but I'm glad I didn't try to get it too much because it was ridiculous. Yeah, it didn't actually look that good, but it was more that... That was the only reason I ever wanted to get a PSP. It was to get uh, like X, X-Men Legends 1 and 2 and Marvel versus Marvel Alliance. Ultimate Alliance. Because it had certain characters I would never get a chance to play anywhere else. Like, uh, I think... Was it Genesis who was on the PSP version? Of really? Ultimate, Ultimate Alliance. Wow. And that was really exciting to me. And X-Men was on the X-Men Legends 2. That's how they get you. But but you know what? Those are all the side projects. I'm sure they put very little thought into their powers. And their powers are probably clones of other people's powers. Don't care. Like a different color. The fa- like, when when you get to use a character you don't expect to ever get to use. It's like when in Heroclix, when you get a character that you're like, they made this character? That's amazing. Yeah, but if it's more like if they made in Heroclix, they took a character that, they, you know, that they've already made. And then put some glue on it and attach a horn to it and say like this is Rhino now Aww. and then they give us like a, cra- a dial that has like no powers on it right, it's kind of how they, you know what I mean all night that you pooped over my dreams <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself we are really excited though aren't we to kind of step in the shoes of any of these, these characters because we do want to be empowered and use their powers and our dreams are to have these powers in real life so the next closest thing is to kind of do it in virtual reality yeah. and then when a game limits us like Superman all the Superman games are terrible because yeah. of their limitations on the character uh, it's not enjoyable that way. One game I'm always sad didn't happen, although I'm, I'm I'm glad it didn't happen, but I always wanted it to happen anyway. Was it the Daredevil game that got canceled? Did you ever see the trailer for I'm it? Glad it, didn't get it was made. awful looking. And there was also a Moon Knight one that was supposed to be coming out, and that never materialized no, either. But Daredevil was like in production; it was supposed to come out. Yeah. It was even being advertised, and then it just never happened. Yep. And I remember seeing the trailer for it, being like, "It looks like your tightrope. It looked like a like a Tony Hawkish game." Uh, but I. And it wouldn't have been good, but I kind of still wanted to see it. Uh, what do you think about Deadpool as a game coming up? Yeah, I I'm, I don't have a lot of hope for it. I think that they're me. going to string together a loose plot uh, with some boss battles and mm. have Nolan North read a lot of um, yeah maybe semi semi funny dialogue. And it's going to be a beat em up. I'm always surprised that, that they never made an Avengers game. Although it looked like they were going to start one and then. It fell through at one production Yes, they're company. making a movie Avengers game. But now, like, there's no Iron Man 3 game coming out that we've heard of. Yeah, yeah, Tay. Which, uh, and, which is, if you think well, if they were going to, they, they would have mentioned it This is one of the problems now. with uh, movie tie-ins, because they have such a small development cycle, because they only get information from the studio um, almost last minute. Like, they only have, like, a year, maybe, to work on these games. So they're usually quite terrible because they don't have the time. Iron Man 2 wasn't a bad game. I actually enjoyed it. Iron Man 1, not as much. It was really But hard. I guarantee you give them an extra year and those, both of those games would be better than they were. I agree. Thor could have benefited from three years, maybe. And most <laughs> games now have at least, at least with these um, production values, have at least like a two-year production cycle, yeah. if not more. Um, we haven't heard anything but a, like a Man of Steel game coming. Um, you will. It's interesting. There's a lot of big projects are coming. I, no I t- video games. I told you what I hope they do with Deadpool, right? I hope they like make it. Did I send you that email? Yeah. Like I just want it to be manic. I want like every level to be completely different. I want like a shoot 'em up level, and then like a brawler level, and then like that. a Tetris level. It should that fits Deadpool so perfectly. He could be little Tetris pieces, and then whenever he fit, has like straight piece down to a slot, he's like, "I filled your slot." Like it should be funny little Deadpool stuff, and then it switches to something else. Like you're not gonna get that. It should be crazy. Disabuse yourself with the notion. I want there to be a dating like sim in the Deadpool game. That'd be amazing. And he's like trying to woo. Siren. Hey, like, Siren. Can you going? get around the Siren's window without any of the X-Men seeing you? That would be an amazing mission. 
That'd be cool. That'd be so cool. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't mind if it was done it, in the style it, of uh, Maximum a, Carnage's uh, walk Here's on. a minigame. <laughs> Fix your transporter. It broke again. Yeah. Oh, you've been teleported half inside of a wall. We're now we're going to do an adventure game where you're half inside of a wall and you've got to like use the arms you have available to you to try to find pieces of things in the room around you to help you get out of this wall. You're not going to get any of this. I wish I could. I wish they would just be really creative for once. Um, are many games like that anymore? What? That are for big studios? Really creative. Well, yeah, the the WarriorWare series, absolutely. Okay. But not when it comes to comic-related characters. Well, and, so... You know, it's like, not going to happen. I think that I think that you know, even looking at Walking Dead, that's a comic book. Um, yeah. Thinking about it now, Walking Dead probably should be somewhere on my list, as I really, really enjoyed that game quite a bit. Would you uh, play it again? That's the question. It, it really should be most, played more. Than most once. of these games, we'll play them again, or it, we want to. We or did yes. a desire. We did bring up replay value as one of our criteria, and that's a huge thing. In order for it really to be your favorite, it can't be a done in one. No, I think I think I would actually put it on the list, maybe ahead of. Um, X2 or something like that that Wolverine okay. I mentioned I, I and then really, bump Ultimate Destruction off the list yeah Ooh. I uh, did enjoy the Captain America movie game it wasn't one of the greatest games ever but it was a solid Captain America stay game stay away from movie titles it was a solid Captain America game we're never going to get another one probably not don't say that it's unlikely oh never know it could happen but come on it's, he's not a marquee figure or a character in a big way well yeah he is he's Captain he is, America he is and he, he isn't the, the Avengers are more than he, he has is. cachet he does Alright, so that's been our episode. Uh, did you have any other final thoughts? Like a Jerry Springer no, final mean, thought? No, I mean, this is this has been fun. I mean, I love talking about video games. I'm glad we've had a chance to do it a little bit more. I know Leon really wants to have an opportunity, and we kind of took that t- opportunity away from him. I don't know if he'd have much to say on comic book games, actually. I don't know, because I think he's he's a gamer. Like a, like a really... He, he buys a lot of really high-end games, good games. And a lot did you of... stop yourself from saying he's a real gamer? Did I? What did I say? Oh, well, I, I, you, maybe not, but I, I heard you say he's a gamer... He's a real, and then you said, well, he's a real hardcore or whatever. When you said that, it made me think, like, you know what? The PS2 era, for me, I was not a real gamer because all I did was buy games like Rise of the Imperfects. Yeah. Which oh was a terrible God. game. And but it had, Dim- it had Daredevil. Ne- is it Next Dimension or Dark Dimension? Next Dimension? Next Dimension. And Next Dimension. I would just go to the store and if I had a Marvel property on it, I would buy it. And they were terrible I'm games. I'm pretty sure you could look at my library and say I did the same thing. So you do the same thing. So... I think that there are some of us who are actually comic book fans who only really get into games because of the of the cross licensing, and we're not and we don't really understand and appreciate that there's so many better games out there. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be better at it, but I mean, like, am I f- the reason why I bought a PlayStation One to play Activision Spider Man right. game? The reason why I bought a PS2 to play the movie Spider Man game, the mm-hmm. first one. The reason why I bought a PS3 to play the Spider Man Three movie. Is game. that right? That's what it was. That was oh, the first wow. game I bought. Now I happened to buy a bundle. Guess what? One of the first games that came with it, I got a bundle that had Motorstorm, and then I saw this game looks good. I should buy this. Uncharted. Never heard of it. Never. It, it was changed your life. It changed my life. It was an amazing game. I'm glad. That's that, what it should be. Like that was a game that like I really enjoyed. And I enjoyed every game in that series, and that was me stepping outside of my comfort zone. I didn't good. know anything about other games. Good. So I'm, I'm glad. That's our episode. We went a little bit over time, um, but uh, thanks for listening. This has been episode 52. I've been here with my guests. Nathan Struck. Have to have you make sure the people know your name. Okay. And I'm Adam Chapman. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com or you can like us on Facebook um, and we look forward to getting any of your feedback. What are your favorite comic book related uh, video games and adaptations? We want, to, we, we want to know and it's something we could bring up in a future episode. So thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Happy gaming. Let's play some games. <laughs>